Needle, Guns, and Chalk podcast. It's having a weird heat, too. It's like uh, sweet spice, like Mexican candy. We need to get we need to get in and hook up our new beginning Kid. Yo, where's the weed at, man? Do we have permission right to use this? Oh, yeah. Hey, do we so much on this song? We don't have to shit, talk, man. Oh. It's ours. Yeah. yeah, it's ours. Just oh, gonna yeah. get right into the shit. Yeah. Check it. This song's for anyone who likes it even better with the music off. Spewing on irrelevant hecklers. You know the ones quick to tell you what you're doing wrong. Bitch, if I'm right. I used to babysit this kid when he was three, bro. Just put out Needles, Guns, and Shots. Episode number 100 and ish. Seven ish? Yeah. Yeah, so that's Brian Patrick, dude. And uh, he just dropped a single, dude. And he's dropping Ukaipa, uh, all San Bernardino, talking uh, shit about chicks at the Brandon this, Iron. And this, and this Hell is, uh, yeah. This, this, this Brew Rebellion Brad's son, dude. Fuck. He gets down. He's good, man. He's dude. been telling me for a couple years. He's like, Don, I'm a rapper, man. You, you, you're looking at him like, yeah, come on, Slim Shady. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was thinking like a white dude. I, I totally didn't take it serious. And then uh, Brad posted his, his video the other night, and I was like, holy shit. Legit, man. Yeah, Damn. super legit. He said he's going to be dropping his album pretty soon, dude. And so we'll have him on. Uh, that's, that's where we did the live show right, right there, there, baby. <laughs> how come he... Uh, like, how, where's his video guy? We need that guy. Where's his uh, his little name? Oh, yeah. yeah he just goes no, by he his doesn't even have face he has, tattoos, He has bro. no face tattoos, no L-I-L. Yeah. He just spits games. He's even dude. rocking jean shorts. Yeah. Did it, and did you rock I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, Brian, that looks dope, dude. Yeah, that Congratulations, cool. brother. Damn, Hell yeah, badass. That's badass. Hey, I wonder if they let him on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even bring it up. I'm still so angry about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yo, man. So how was your uh, trip to L.A., dude? Oh, dude, so hectic, dude. <laughs> God, it was a nightmare, dude. What did you go to L.A. I went to go visit the ex-wife because she has my uh, brother's son. Yeah. She's watching them for going to be a while probably. But went to go do the birthday party thing, and I, my mom was like, I want to go too. And then her husband wanted to go. I was like, all right, let's road trip. I dr- I'll drive there. It was a it was a Lexus. <laughs> but, uh, I thought you were about to say it's yeah, a Hoopty or something. Yeah. I go, hey, eighty nine Accord. I'll drive there. Which how we gonna do this? Cause I'm not doing both ways, man. And uh, so they go, you drive there, so I know how to get there. I'm all right, cool. So I drove there, no issues, man. Hour and a half, just flew, perfect. 
and then coming back, everybody's tired, and they're, they're trying to trick me. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to sleep, man. So you, you got it, Leo? You got everything. This is the freeways you take. It's just the opposite. Boom, boom, boom. I name all the freeways, right? I go, yeah. this is what we're going to do. You got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. There's a pillow back there. Go ahead and go sleep. I go, I don't need a pillow. I'm passing out. So I go, I'll get you the freeway. So I got him the freeway, and I asked him again, Leo, you got this, dude, because I'm uh, three seconds. I'm out. I'm so tired. I'll, go to sleep. I got it. I got it. All right. Man, Wait, go you to sleep. more Asian than that? Dude, I wake up, my ass is in L.A. somewhere in some neighborhood. I just see trees. I'm thinking we're pulling up to the driveway almost. I'm, I'm kind of waking up. I go, where, where are we, Leo? I, the freeway just started doing this dividing. I'm all, so why are we off it? Why are we in some neighborhood? And I'm looking at the time. I go, I got to be in Highland, man. I go, what are you doing? Why don't you wake me up? I, I'm finding my way to the freeway. I go, Mom. How long have we been doing this? Oh, my God, for like an hour. I go, what the fuck? I go, what? Oh, my God. I go, pull over, Leo. I go, pull over. I fucking start driving. I just bumped out. So mad. <laughs> the whole, whole time he's in the back seat going like this. You know, the freeways, they go like this, and they divide. I go, why don't they just go straight? I go, Leo, you sound like you're 12. That's a 12-year-old <laughs> argument, dude. You're a grown man. The freeways do all kinds of shit. Is he Asian, too? No, oh. he's, he's, he's a white boy, man. <laughs> he hangs out with too many Asians. That's yeah, dude, him and my mom, they just... I look at them like, how'd you guys make it this far sometimes? Do you ever yeah. wonder like how they find the restaurant they're going to go eat at or anything? Dude, I don't know what they do, man. I don't know. It's you just that weird. Boy too much beef it's just a weird conversation in that car. You ever car. meet people like that that you meet and you're like, how did you get dressed this morning to Dude, make it? I, 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 that, I, I hey. date somebody like that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Really? That's, that's what a, I was thinking. That's a week grounded uh, for you. I'll tell you right now, but she's... No, I'm like I'm looking forward to tomorrow when this comes out. She listens. Yeah. Oh. She's cringing right fucking now. <laughs> she knows it's true though. Right. <laughs> something something just snapped her eyes she's open. She's got a babysitter, she's, man. Oh my right? god. Right, she's she's grabbing her knife and axe right now. <laughs> <laughs> and she's making coming, a list, she's checking coming, it twice. She's coming to my house. <laughs> oh, What'd you do this weekend, dude? I was in Wisconsin. Right? Oh, how was your trip? Ooh. It was cool. It was cool. We got delayed. There was a massive fucking storm that delayed our travel, like, or extended it, like, 14 hours. Oh, really? Uh, Cheese, man. Fucking cheese. I ate deep-fried cheese at every restaurant. Is it good? Oh, fuck. Deep-fried uh, curds? cheese curds? Fuck. The, best. the word yeah, curd the just sounds out of disgusting. Here. No, cheese it's curds so are fucking good, amazing. It's, is it? So it's what is a curd? It sounds it's like a, rotten something. It's a... Right. It, All right. So like when the they separate, when you when you make cheese, curds and whey. you separate the curds and whey. The whey is the water that's left over. The so curds is the cheese. fat and the cheese. Oh. Then they take that. It's just bulk, and then they put it in fucking whatevers, and they make blocks and rounds and f- sticks or whatever they're gonna fucking do with it. Yeah. Then you age it for a little bit. The curds are raw, right out of that fucking tank. They're big, crumbly fucking things. There's no aging to it. And oh, then they it's like roll, a cheese ball. And then they roll it in fucking. Breading and deep fry it, and it's fucking incredible. <laughs> it made you happy as shit, Jeez. dude. I ate everywhere we go. You got curds? Yes, sir. We do. Give I mean, them. To we me. stole that from the Italians. Were yeah. you constipated? Yeah, yeah. mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. No, I did good. I did well. And it was. We went to Vince Lombardi's Steakhouse. We went to Packer Stadium. How was Packer Lambo? Right, rad as fuck, man. What's crazy right in about the middle it, of the town, right? That's right. That's not yeah. in the middle of fucking town. It's in the middle of a residential neighborhood. That's what I heard. There are people's oh. fucking backyards across Lombardi Way. That's badass. It's I bet those houses are worth some money. Yeah, dude. I, I heard that. that I bet they don't fucking sell. I, I bet they just go from the next fucking kid. Yeah, I bet they. Ha- I down. bet there hasn't been a fucking for sale sign <laughs> in front of one of those fucking houses in a hundred goddamn years. I believe it. Yeah, because isn't it the Packers like a publicly owned? Yeah, it's owned by the, by the community. The community. It's. it's 
it's not. Does the community get to hold that money? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. No, it, it, if they fucking don't, they're taking really good care of that fucking town. Yeah, because the people that love the Packers love oh. the Packers. Oh man. no, it was very cool, and we, we just we went. It's a small town, isn't it? D- that fucking stadium is the biggest fucking building in a hundred. And they sell out every every week. Really? Yeah, Isn't that crazy? Like it's the incredible, dude. And imagine all of that. Oh my god, look at that. No, d- d- do it, do it. Yeah. So look at this. Look at this across the street. Those are people's fucking houses. <laughs> right there. They live. They like if you go over to Christmas at this motherfucker's house. Yeah. You got to park at Green Bay Stadium. <laughs> hey, can you imagine being such a fan like that and how cool that would be? Yeah, dude. to have the shittiest fucking team in the whole NFL. Dude, these, but you'd never get home. These people's fucking backyards are done up the, on the across the Barney Way or whatever Lombardi place. Tailgate party, huh? No, the whole fucking backyards face the stadium, and these guys have built fucking party backyards with slide open fucking garages and shit. And the whole backyards are for fucking getting down, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rad as fuck. Just super cool people. We were sitting at this fucking... Um, so something that we're, we kind of do is we go to all these little breakfast joints and work at these fucking spots. We ask everybody, hey, where's your fucking anniversary dinner? Where do you go? You're the local fucking dude. Where do you go for your anniversary steak? You know, like, what's the, what's the restaurant in town that you go to? And everybody's got their own opinions. Well, as soon as we start hearing... You know, we're, we, we go to the fucking whatever you know, lunch spot. Hey, it's your anniversary. Where are you going for a fucking steak? Oh, I'm going to this place. Well, eventually you start hearing the local name over and over again, no matter where you go. Yeah. Well, we go there. And we went to this fucking Mark's Steakhouse out uh, in Appleton. We're sitting down. This guy comes up and sits, sits next to my partner. He goes, so, how's the steak? Everything good? He goes, oh, yeah, it's a good cut. I cut that steak myself. And we're like, oh, yeah, what's your name? I'm Mark. This is my restaurant. (laughs) And he's just sitting in his fucking Tuesday night. He's sitting in his fucking restaurant, just rubbing shoulders with everybody and checking on everybody's fucking steaks. Yeah, it was really wild. Uh, Yeah, super cool. And then we went to to this joint. That's Lombardi's uh, Steakhouse. Oh, no, that's Mark's East Side in Appleton. Oh, there's Mark. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like white oak cabinets everywhere. White oak fucking box. I was expecting track lighting. Yeah, and forest green fucking floors. I sat right there. What That's cut it. did you get, Jerry? I, I had a, uh, a petite fillet. Fag. Medium, medium rare. Medium rare, baby. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you, you don't say ribeye, you're a fag. <laughs> What would you oh, do but I also do? had three fucking pounds of cheese in my stomach. Okay. Curds, <laughs> not cheese, curds. No, I had some mozzarella sticks. Oh, okay. Smoked, so, okay. smoked mozzarella. I did a bunch. You've been at the hospital all day, we right? We were at the hospital all day. Uh, Chrissy was in a lot of pain. I thought I just busted her guts out when we were getting it on, but... Yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> she ended up with a urinary tract infection. Who gives a fuck? But let me, let me tell you something uh, that I'm, it's embarrassing, but it's also really fucking hilarious. I keep laughing. Oh, no. So last night... Uh, my neighbor's daughter turned 16, and I've known her since she was a little fucking, like, two or three years old or yeah. whatever. So she had a six, sweet 16 party. All the high school boys were showing up and shit, and I'm just looking at these fucking nerds. Dude, because it looks like the way the kids dress nowadays, I'd be, and I, if I was in high school, I'd been punching every one of these motherfuckers, <laughs> dude. And so, dude, type in. I'm, I'm like, oh, hey, One Direction's here. And I'm talking all this fucking shit to them, calling them all a bunch of fags. Yeah. And, uh, but so there's one big old fucking... He was a fat kid, but he was kind of buff, and he, he didn't act like all of them. Yeah. So I kept telling him, you're fucking cool, dude. You're cool. And it, dude, So all the girls are like on one side of the grass outside and all the guys are on the other. Yeah. And I was telling him, I said, what are you guys fucking doing? All the chicks are over here. 
And I said, this, what is this? I said, what is this, fucking prom? I'm talking all this shit, and I said, you guys might as well scratch fucking pussy off the grocery list. You guys <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm wrecking these dudes. And then uh, we're sitting inside, and here, this, so the, the, the kid I thought was cool, the fat guy, he comes walking in, and someone says something uh, to him, and he, he says something about my gray beard, you know? And he goes, I go, how old do you think I am? He says, 40, 40, 40, 45. <laughs> and uh, so then I said... Fuck you, you fat fucking piece of shit. 16-year-old kid, dude. Right? And the look on his face was like, because I'm a grown-ass adult. He's just a little kid. And I just went hard in the pain on him, dude. And his face was like, I thought we were cool. You know? So he walks away, dude. And I can tell him, like, oh, shit, I should feel bad. But I'm kinda, I got a couple toddies in me, dude. Yeah. So I didn't feel bad. <laughs> then a couple minutes later, I, dude, I hit this kid so fucking hard that he grabbed his friend. They're leaving. Right? Oh, with that comment? Yes. Oh. So as he's walking out, I said, "There's no." I said, "There's no buffet out there, fat boy." <laughs> <laughs> dude, you know it's even fucking worse, Eric. As they're sitting in their fucking mom's garage right now, that group of guys, and they're like, "Look, man, those, that fucking guy was right. We're a bunch of faggots standing <laughs> on the other side of the yard. We should have been in there fucking finger deep in bitches." Dude. But oh no, but he fucking knew it. No, you just created a future school oh. shooter, dude. And, then, and dude, after it was over, I was like talking to. Um, you know, my neighbor, even his daughter, like, hey, I hope I didn't ruin your part. She goes, oh, no, I loved it. <laughs> everyone was laughing their ass off. Yeah. I'm thinking, what a fucking asshole I am. Dude, I'm picking. I'm bullying. You're that guy at yeah. the party. Now, hey, Gary, is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, am I, am I going to be all right? <laughs> Just don't say another word. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not talking. Read the card. Yeah. Shut, oh, the shut the up, fuck Aaron. up, Eric. <laughs> Should I not even talk about it on here anymore? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's a card. <laughs> yeah, I Jerry, there's your card. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. That's our guest, Gary Winkle-Smith, attorney at law. We've been teasing him for about a year, maybe two, right? Something like that. I've been waiting for him to come on like since you first talked yeah, about him. Yeah, yeah. Author, uh, poetry writer. Ooh. Oh, see? About to put out a poetry book oh, yeah. for guys like you, it's Mike. It's out. It's out. It's out. You already Monday. Dro- it dropped on Monday. Yeah. Uh, where, where can people find it? Amazon.com. And what's it called? Long Night of the Soul. Long Night Ooh. of the Soul. Is that, is, that how, is that how you get the ladies? <laughs> hey, man, the long night. Yeah. Oh, you give them a long night. <laughs> I don't oh. want to boast. I don't want to boast. Yeah. You don't, hey, don't got to lie to these people, dude. Come on. <laughs> how long have you been a, a lawyer, Gary? 39 years. 39 years. And you've yeah. been local here all the time? Grew up in Purdue. I'm a local boy all the way. Old school yeah. Purdue. Yeah, old school Purdue. Back before his piece of shit down. <laughs> Back before, yeah. You used when, to, when you used to cruise when, East Street? When there was, when we, there was actually we, businesses we, on East? We cruised East Street, man. Yeah, go to, go to top of McDonald's and turn around. Head um, back down. Actually, McDonald's was 14th Street. Oh, that's low. We started at Highland Avenue. Yeah. We cruised all the way down past 3rd Street, which went all the way through in those days. And then we turned around and come back. That was when we had cars. Before I had a car, we walked. Waited for crazy guys like John Dumas to pick us up in a stolen car. With a Tommy gun. With a to- fucking Tommy gun. Yeah. <laughs> true, really? True yeah, story. Yeah. He used to run with my buddy's father-in-law, and the guy's a fucking animal, dude. I went to his funeral when he passed away, and you look at this guy's... You know how they do, like, the pictures on the boards? Right. He was a fucking cop. He was a biker. He was in an outlaw MC. He was a... Pi- I mean... He was a every, Vietnam veteran Marine, too. A veteran... Yeah, dude. Ev- he just, just did looking, everything. It was like Forrest Gump, dude. Yeah. I was looking at this shit. What, do you like to run or what? <laughs> he, he did he, so he, much he, shit. He let some chick take advantage of him. He was a true American. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Uh, That's the fucking benchmark for doing hey, everything. Yeah. Didn't Forrest Gump do a lot of shit? Hell yeah. yeah. He, did, dude. he invented it all. He did it all. So, so San Bernardino used to be a great place to grow up in. It was a good town. It really was. Was it? Yeah, when I, when I was growing up, there were about 60,000 of us. And there were two high schools, Purdue High, 
San Bernardino and, and Pacific High School. Yeah. Um, uh, San Borgoni opened when my senior year, and everybody who was a senior got an option to stay at Pacific or go to San G. I stayed. Yeah. You know, but uh, Cajon came many years later. All my sons graduated from Cajon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, in, uh, in your opinion, what do you think happened to San Bernardino? Well, it's really simple. There's this area called Hospitality Lane. You're all familiar with that. Right. Yep. That is sand sitting on top of water. And it should have never been the built. Liquefaction. Liquefaction. In Whoa. fact, my oh, mother... Oh, wait. What was that? Yeah. No, I deal with that. I'm, uh, what do you think? <laughs> hey, I'm not just a dummy. Are you, mic- are you microdosing? Did somebody invite Ben? Did somebody invite Ben to take Uh-oh. Eric's mic? All right. So that, that area should have never been built. And in fact, it got turned down by the county because it was in the county. It used to be the Santa Ana River Basin. This is Hospitality Lane you're talking about? Yes, yes. Where the old school downtown San Bernardino used to be up higher. Right. So downtown then they put Purdue in. was downtown Purdue. You know, we're like, we're Claim Jumper and all yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah. By, is that by Sub Q? Yes, yes. Okay. So this old boy who owned it bought it for taxes, bought himself a mayor, a guy named Holcomb, who came into office and the first thing he did was annex it into the city. And then they started building it because he had an interest in it as well. How much dirty shit was like going on like that back then? But it still goes on. It's still yeah. going on. We, we all know that there's a lot of dirty shit going on. And you know why? Because the politicians never get punished for it. They never have to pay anything for it. Yeah. You know, they go to little luxury places or they bend over or they give up people. And but look at, uh, if you look at, uh, it's on hospitality too, is that fucking bus lane in the middle. Who okay. was the genius behind okay. that? No, here's the deal. They got a, they got a multi-million dollar grant, the city did. $200 million. To, and so, to do that bullshit bus yeah. lane? And here, but here's the deal. I've here's, never seen a fucking bus There's on. five fucking people on a 50-person bus. Yeah. But here's the deal. When that thing drives by, you never see anyone on it. Um, but in the city of San Bernardino, because that bus goes into Loma Linda, right? Yeah. Once it gets out of Loma Linda, there's no special fucking lane. It goes where all the other buses go. Yeah. City, city of Loma Linda said, fuck you. But city of San Bernardino, that middle lane, they sold it. That's our public right-of-way. We own that as a public. They fucking city sold it to them. They own it. We can never take that away from them. They own it. Holy shit. Yeah. Tell me that's not some shady shit. That's very shady shit. Same with the airport. Right around the same time. That's why the city went bankrupt. City, oh, you got to hear the airport story. Holy city shit. City did not need to go bankrupt. City of San Bernardino had, a, had an option, which was to borrow money from the county of San Bernardino because the cities all get part of the county's property taxes. And a guy I know, in fact, uh, I possess the document, wrote a document to the mayor of the city of San Bernardino, then Pat Morris. Pat motherfucking Morris, Judge Morris. Yes. In charge of drug court. He was a great judge, but he didn't do very well as a mayor. And he was a he total was, cunt. He, well, I'm not sure I'll call him that. <laughs> I'll call him a cunt. He's a cunt. <laughs> I will say that he sure fucked that up because he was given an opportunity to present a program where the city did not have to go into bankruptcy. They could borrow every penny they needed to pay off this $156 million debt, which should not have existed anyway. Thank you, firemen. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it wasn't just firemen. Though. I like to blame it all on them, though. It wasn't just firemen. It was, it was a budgeting thing that went on for 16 years where they were playing with money, and then at the end of it, the city attorney said, oh, I gave it over to law enforcement. It looks like somebody's been falsifying the budget. Yeah, well, that was bullshit. Okay, is that a legal term here? On we can talk. Yeah, about yeah. we can say, you can say whatever the hell you want. Ass, balls, I'm, I'm just butthole. Yeah, we go by George Carlin's rules. So anyway, um, cunt. <laughs> we didn't have to go bankrupt. Yeah, but they were covering stuff because the airport was supposed to be about forty-five million dollars, roughly. A friend of mine had a thirty million dollar part of it. Yeah, 
And they went to 45, and then they went to 150-something million. From 45 budget, and then yeah. they spent 150. Now, the guy who was managing all of that had been prosecuted for his corruption and fraud in airline industry. Yeah. And the mayor and gang brought him over here to take care of our airline, our airport. He got prosecuted. They dismissed the case recently by giving him credit for time served for some tax fraud. So that's how they get away with it. Yeah. And, and then they, where does all that fucking this case, money? This case, good question, brother. Yeah. You know, well, very good question. So about, about once a year, someone from the city council gets arrested in San Bernardino. That is insane. Money. Well, we got my councilman, who I threatened to throw off my driveway head first into the street because he was a little liar. And he finally got caught and admitted that he'd ripped off on every project that they'd done in our ward, which was the fifth ward, that he'd ripped it off. And so he informed on somebody we never did find out who, and he was allowed to plead guilty to some stuff, and he just faded That's into obscurity. Crazy. So then what was your motivation to get into uh, being a, a lawyer? Started like, with, started with the Kennedy assassination. Really? Yes. Uh, I was 15 years old when President Kennedy was assassinated, and I wasn't sure what happened until a lawyer, a guy by the name of Mark Lane, wrote a book called Rush to Judgment, where he, he disproved the entire... Warren Commission report, piece by piece. He disproved it all. I mean, President Kennedy wasn't shot from behind by some little guy up in a book depository that, that uh, had some experience in the Marine Corps, had defected to Russia, and somehow managed to come back to the United States. Come yeah. on. Russia was our biggest enemy in the world at the time, and this guy supposedly defected to Russia, married a Russian woman, came back to the United States, was working on anti-communist stuff, and somehow assassinated the President of the United States. And I think it's been pretty well shown that there were numerous shots fired that day. Yeah. And the President Kennedy was shot face first because his brains blew out the back of his head. And so I got interested in that, and I thought... So you like, read that book, and that fucked with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it motivated me. I hate to interrupt you, Gary, but wasn't the guy who shot Kennedy, or supposedly, was it Lee Harvey Oswald? Supposedly. Um, now, wasn't he tied to the CIA? And what's that movie they just made with Tom Cruise in it? Um, yeah, uh. Uh, where he's running drugs. Days of Thunder? <laughs> <laughs> American, uh, American Made. Yeah. And it's about a guy and um, that it was a pilot. There was The CIA was running him, and he was running drugs from him at the same time. Is that uh, Air America? I don't think stuff? it's the same guy. Lee Harvey Oswald may or may not have even existed. Um, there were a couple different people that fit into the scheme of who he might have been. But it was clear that... You know, they took him out of the picture. He was assassinated himself by a guy named Jack Ruby, who was a local gangster. Which is all too pretty, huh? Oh, he just walked right up in the middle of everything. And the sheriff who's holding... There's the video Oswald, of it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Says to him, because Jack Ruby puts goes, the gun up. He goes, damn it, Jack! Or he goes, something. God damn it, Jack! Because he thought he was going to get hit. You know, because he was shooting him oh, straight up. Oh, That's shit. Why he, was up. he knew. He called him by name. Jack Ruby owned a little club that was down in a ditch. And he was just a local semi-thug. Now, many years later, he claimed he was a patsy, just like Lee Harvey Oswald did. But, you know, it was done, and like the movie The Shooter, the guy said, oh, they're probably all, you know, buried out in the desert in Turlinga. Yeah, he said, yeah. Oh, you know that? He says, I still got the shovel. Dude, oh. The Shooter's a great movie because Mark Wahlberg's in it. Yeah. <laughs> well. He's a good-looking fucking guy, man. Yeah, he, may, he might be five foot two, but that's five foot two all man. Yeah. And he got, a, he got a front tooth. He doesn't have two. I haven't, dude. Teeth. I haven't seen that. Oh uh, yeah, bring that up, Josh. <laughs> really? He got a he got a funky friend. Why do you have to point out negative stuff about Mark? 
That's exactly. Dude, if Mark Wahlberg was here, he wouldn't even fuck with you. You know who yeah. called fucking beat your ass up? Donnie Wahlberg. That's right. <laughs> you ever seen or Blue, the other one? You ever seen Blue Bloods? Get your hand out of your pants. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Look up Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has got a crooked too. Oh, well, who cares about Tom Cruise? Where'd that come from? I thought we were talking about Tom. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about my man down. Did we So you saw you you saw the Kennedy assassination. Get us back in line, Donnie. Yeah, you got it. You got inspired. To, to go into at 15? That, that's when you made up your mind? No, the book didn't come out for a couple of years. So oh, okay. I was 17 going on 18. It came out that quick, huh? Yeah, he, he did a really thorough job. I think so. I, that's how I remember it. Um, but I read it all. It was one of the few books that I read yeah. when I was a kid. And I was, I was torn between, I want to go to law school right now, but then we had a war going on, Vietnam. And I was convinced I needed to do that. So I wanted to be a Green Beret and go kill communists you know yeah. we, we had these sayings kill a commie for mommy kill yeah. a commie for christ we were you know we were trained to go kill for our freedom 10 fucking thousand miles away fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't know that yeah yeah we didn't know that until this guy named osley augustus stanley osley developed the best lsd known to mankind and we started taking that shit and we started going whoa wait a minute they're lying to us so that was the so that was around the same so vietnam and then the LSD movement. Oh, yeah. So you, how much do you think the LSD played a part in the switching of the consciousness at that time? An enormous amount. Really? Oh, yeah. It was, it was a consciousness changer, you know? So people started to go, what the fuck are we doing? I took my first acid trip on my 18th birthday. I was still a senior in high school. Yeah. With a whole group of people. I ended up with some really cute girl. Just friendly shit, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hugs. And everybody else was so crazy, they all got arrested because the cops couldn't figure out what was wrong with them. But it started something. And it had been started already, and people were moving all over the country and going, you know, this war? What? Well, I, I wasn't convinced of that part yet. I just knew there was something different in life yeah. than what we'd been told. And we had... People, it must have been a trip, especially at that time, because yeah. the American dream and the American order of the family and all that shit was so, like, stuck in the way, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to go to war. And then drugs come I was, out. And I was raised <laughs> to do that. Yeah. We were all raised to do that. We were taught that that's how we keep our freedom. We do what our government tells us to do. Yeah. And we go fight for our freedom. And those communists were coming out of red China. And they were really our enemy. They were really, really bad people. And they were sending them down through North Vietnam into South Vietnam. And we had to go stop them and kill them because they were heartless, they were godless, and they didn't have a soul. And we needed to put them underground. Yeah. That's what we were told. Okay? <laughs> I'm Vietnamese. <laughs> Right. And you know what? We did it. Lots of us did it. We went. I did not go. I just was fortunate that, that didn't get pushed into it. Right. But those same red Chinese communists are the people that we do all the business with today. Yeah. Every single mega corporation in the world is a business partner with China. The same communist Chinese whose president just declared himself president for life, who murdered people for speaking up. Those same people that we're doing business with every single day. Same ones they sent us to kill. How much easier must it have been during the time that you grew up to control the masses, man? Like, there was no internet, no cell phones, no social media. Like, pretty much the only pipeline to learn anything about the world was to either travel or watch the news, and they controlled the news, right? right? Well, like, think yeah, about the corruption and shit that was going on. I was a post-war baby. Yeah. I was born in 1948. <laughs> And we wore crew cuts, and we said the Pledge of Allegiance every single day, and we went to church on Sundays, and you didn't speak out against your government because there wasn't anything to speak out against. America was perfect. Yeah. And then people started dropping acid and going, 
wait a minute, man, look at all those people living over there in that ghetto. And they're, they're being treated like dogs, and they're trying to tell us something, and then you get face-to-face, and they're really angry. And they're telling, hey, motherfucker, don't you see what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And then all my Mexican friends that I grew up with, you know, the guys that grew up on the east side with me, start talking <laughs> about their brothers on the west side. He's Mexican. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he checks all boxes. Uh, why not? <laughs> but we started seeing that, you know, we'd been lied to. Yeah. And so it caused... And there were people much more aggressive than I who were saying things. And, and pretty soon we've got marches and we've got peace gatherings and there's thousands and tens of thousands. What was it like at that, at that point when you were growing up? Was it fun? It was very exciting. It the really music, was. It's the best music ever made. Free, no, there's all the free love, baby. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of that going on. Yeah. And girls didn't wear bras, which I like, you know. And was it? I always <laughs> look at, looking back. Chlamydia. We always, yeah. <laughs> No, we, still, we can still get that now. That didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about that when you look back to 50s, 60s, 70s and stuff. And I wonder, because you know how the 50s is like real scrubbed clean when you look back on history? And it was. It looks like long dry. But there had to be like hoes and chicks that were out banging and dudes that were crazy, right? That was oh. all a, a quiet part. They called that the underworld. Hoes have been around you know? forever. Yeah? yeah. Well, of course. They're the first and oldest profession. Yeah, you, you yeah. Know? And the only reason anybody resents him is because the wives get sad, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> what are you doing with her? Well, she doesn't want it. You won't, you know. You can imagine, imagine back then, some chick's walking down the street and you can see her ankle. Dudes are running to the bathroom to go jack off. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now I see a chick with all her titties out and I go, mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, for us, That's it was so this true. thing where... Not even going to record that. Yeah. yeah. Women started pulling their shirts up and taking their clothes off. And I was saying, on a YouTube hey, adventure the other night, yeah. dude, and I was watching... Um, it popped up Leonard Skinner in 77 at this huge festival. But it was like really high-grade HD color video. Yeah. And it was if the crowd. And it was some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. And like you said, no bras. The music was fucking incredible, man. Yeah. I, think, I think it was Aerosmith. I don't know. There was a bunch of really great bands, dude. And there wasn't a whole lot of stage shit going on. It was just yeah. instruments, ugly dudes, and fucking everyone's <laughs> having a great time, dude. The whole crowd is having fun. That was and, acid. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, we had every band in the world come and play right here in Purdue at the Swing Auditorium. That right was, there, buddy. 70. That go was, back. That was our there venue. It is. No, no, that's not it. That's black and white. Sorry, sorry, Gary. It was one of the main venues in there. California until an airplane hit it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The, what is it? The Swing? It was called yeah. the Swing Auditorium. It held about 4,000 people. And Elvis played there? Uh, everybody played there. So it was a big venue. Yeah. The Rolling Stones played there the first time they came Holy to America. Shit. Yeah, I Man, was there. I think, I think my mom saw him there. I got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were you were the one that crashed the plane? <laughs> no, I was a little too drunk, and my good buddy was getting arrested, and I told him they couldn't do that. Always the defense lawyer. Yeah. yeah. I said, oh, yeah. okay, come here, man. Put your hands back here. How'd hey. that work out for you, Gary? Right before yeah. the Rolling Stones came out. Oh, no oh, dude. Yeah. I had a cop one time go, oh, you want to go with him? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> then shut the fuck up. Yeah. Look at Gary's card, motherfucker. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm over there because uh, um, we were inside this cabin that we rented, right? And then we were... Uh, the security, we mounted off the security guard, right? And he told us not to drive in this area. He said, we, we don't want drunk driving around here. And I said, listen, my buddy here, he was, he's allergic to alcohol. He's our designated driver. That's not happening. He says, I don't care. I don't want you driving around here. And I said, get fucked, dude. You're a cop. Yeah. Well, he's, the rent-a-cop was friends with real cops. Yeah. <laughs> so they knock on the door in our cabin. And by that time, we're almost sober. We're just hanging out playing cards and whatever. And uh, it's the sheriff. And the sheriff goes, uh, which one of you... Um, uh, it was my buddy who was a volunteer with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. I said, which one of you is a, with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department volunteer? 
My buddy says to me, he says, come out here. He, and then he arrested him. I said, what are you arresting him for? And he said, uh, drunk in public. I said, it's private property. And I said, how do you know he's drunk? You, how did you determine he was drunk? And he goes, you want to go with him? I said, no. <laughs> he's drunk. <laughs> he is. I, I'll give you the bottle he almost finished, too. Yeah. So then, uh, so we were up in the, we were up like uh, Lake Isabella, right? That motherfucker took him all the way to fucking Bakersfield. Jesus. So we had to go to Bakersfield, get him, and he comes out with no paperwork. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dirty cowboy I shit. I fucking hate that shit, dude. Wow, man. Now we needed Gary. Yeah, so, so then how did you get into this, dude? So you went, you went to Cal State, San Bernardino. I went to Valley College Valley. first, and then I went to Cal State, and then I hung out a little bit and worked, and, and then I went to graduate school. Uh, my degree is in psychology. And when I was just about to finish that, I had applied to three different colleges. Well, two, actually. Um, Hastings in San Francisco and USIU, which is uh, Western, uh, uh, Cal Western. Both good schools, got accepted to both. Was going to go to San Diego, and a friend of mine's dad had a job set up for my wife and an apartment for us under, over their garage. 48 years old, out playing handball, and died. And it was a week before school, and we went, oh, wow. So I went to Laverne and applied, and they said, uh, well, you know, we'll let you in the night program. I said, I'm not going to law school at night. I couldn't do that. Yeah. I whipped out a letter from a United States senator that happened to be a friend of the family and said, oh, okay, we'll let you in. Yeah. And they did, and that's where I went. So I graduated there in 78. I've been practicing law since 79. Um, so you get, you pass your bar, you become a lawyer. Where, how does it go from there? Well, you get sworn in by a judge. Right. You know, they, they ask you to be willing to uphold the Constitution of the state of California and of the United States. Yeah. Same oath everybody in law takes, and, uh, which we're supposed to live up to. Right. And you go from there, and you can do what you want to do. Now, I clerked for a law firm, so I had a little idea about what to do. And the day I was sworn in, I was walking down the hallway, and a lawyer says to me, hey, you know anybody wants office space? And I said, yeah. So I had a guy build in stuff for me, threw a desk in, put my name up. Oh, you went right out of the gate. I was ready, man. Dude, what is it like? Okay, the first time you you take your first case, and you're about to go, oh, you're about to go into court. How do, you, how do you get over the fear, dude, if... if ah, the fear. Uh, what is that like? Well, you live with it. You know, you, you run from it the whole yeah. time until somebody teaches you how to deal with fear. It took me a long time. You know, I, I, uh, I'm clean and sober, have been for 21 years. Yeah. Part of my way of dealing with the fear was getting high. You know, part of my way of dealing with fear was doing some drinking. What was um, your... What, what, how'd you like to get high? Um, I, I smoked pot for a while. I drank, and then I found a drug called methamphetamine. I like that. I like that a lot for a while, you know. I mean, while you're practicing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that must have felt amazing when you first started, huh? I was the smartest man on earth, I thought. Did you, <laughs> did, you, did you smoke it or snort it? No, I never smoked. I smoked it one time with a with a You know, everyone that snorts it, they seem normal, and then the ones that smoke it just lose it, man. Yeah. I believe that there's a lot to that. I, I yeah. have friends that uh, anybody in their organization smokes it, they're gone. You know. Yeah, they're, they're gone, and everyone that I know, is, well, I heard that people that snort it. They run businesses. They live their lives Dude, normally. I've never, I've never even just... seen methamphetamine before. Me neither. No. I've seen piles and piles of cocaine. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but I mean, I've never... I, never, I did a little bit of that too. I, I, cocaine made me too crazy. But then how... Okay, you're, you're strung out. Or not strung out, but you're on meth. Is it have the same paranoia as cocaine? No. No. Oh, okay. No, so you can you be know. in front of a room of people and you're not like, why are they all looking at me? No, you, you know, it takes a long time or it did for me a long time for me to go to hell. Yeah. You know, and when How many I, years? Oh, I don't know, maybe 10. 10 years practicing yeah. effective, yeah. living oh, a life? Shit, I was great. I was, yeah? I won everything, you know? I yeah. Knew, I knew what I was doing, and if I ever got tired, 
you know, <laughs> wasn't ready to do my job. I wasn't tired anymore. Right, know? right. So it had its benefits, and, and, and the drug does have a lot of benefits. The problem is it, it's uh, got this cumulative effect of taking your life from you. And so May 27, 1997, I got clean and sober, and I like it that way. Yeah. yeah. So you, it took you 10 years. So you started in around 87 or something like that? So you, I think I took that's my a first long time. good snort of speed in 1982 when this guy I was representing who was not the cook but the distributor of this really quality, pure stuff, um, gave me a little film container full of it and said, if you get tired, do some of this. And I, went, I already tried some cocaine, and I wasn't doing any more of that shit. <laughs> but it was about a week later, and I was feeling a little tired, and he paid me a lot of money. I didn't have to do anything else. And I went, hmm, hmm. you know. And it was, huh. it was nice. It was really nice. For a long time, it was nice. That first hit, what is it like? You know, it was so clean and pure that I was just... It was like false advertising? I, I, I was up, you know, and my dad was there visiting, and I went out and talked with him because I could talk to him about anything, you know, and told him how I was feeling and what it was like. And he, oh, okay. You oh, know. you told him that you did it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. It's the yeah. 80s. Yeah. It was, it was the 80s in Purdue, and Purdue was cowboy town in the 80s, man. There was a lot of fun going on. I wasn't the only one using, I want you to know. Yeah. I would say that half of all lawyers were using. Yeah. And definitely half of all cops were using. And probation people and some judges and some That's really surprising to me, man, that I've learned throughout my career with dealing with people that are, like, in higher positions of, or higher jobs, you know what I mean? How much cocaine and uh, meth is... There was a lot, of, really a lot of still to this day. A lot of cocaine going around too. There were there were some people who were reputed to be deeply involved in the cocaine world and the cocaine one used, gets creepy though. It is real weird. Shit. It gets it gets weird, right? People cocaine get, cowboys. Yeah, dude. My it's I have strange, I man. have this guy that I tattoo. He's a he's been a private investigator, a great private private, <clears throat> private eye, one of my one of my really close friends, and he just got this job a few months ago from a lady. Who's going through a divorce from some? They live in Cota de Casa. Are you guys familiar with oh, that? Yeah, what the fuck is like. that? It's like where Kobe Bryant lives. So it's and in the Anaheim Hills, right? Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. super that's, rich. Yeah, that's where Michael Jackson's mom lives. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's like a real rich area. Lives. So anyway, she calls him and says, "Hey, I'm getting a, I'm getting a divorce. I'm scared to death of him. He moved out. Her husband. I need you to come over here and sweep the house and get everything that's in here out, so I don't get in trouble for whatever he has here. So anyway, he goes over there with his crew." And he goes, dude, the fucking table was piled of coke. Jesus. He said, we found tapes, videos of just hardcore bondage sex from this, this chick that, they're, that hired them in it. And she's like putting it on for us to see it. And he's beating the shit out of her. And they're into this creep shit. And he was like, whoa. But he's like, as the video, she kept putting them on. And he goes, it was the weirdest thing. I felt like she was doing it, like she was getting off on, on it, right? Yeah. And, and he said, <laughs> as the videos went on, she's looking directly into the camera. Trying to say that he filmed her without knowing and all this creep shit, right? Oh. So he does like a month-long investigation, makes a boatload of cash. They're about to finish up. She calls and says, "Never mind, we got back together." So it's like the, and, <laughs> oh and he was like, God. he was some high position in, I don't remember the job, but it was like a higher up. And he goes, "You wouldn't fucking believe it. it's a mansion. There's fucking cars everywhere, the richest, craziest art on the walls, and it's just a house of fucking chaos, man." Yeah, that's what that drug does. It's so, bad drug. So when you're up in the like. You're, you're rubbing shoulders with, you know, city officials, mayors, judges, DA, all these crazy people. Is, 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 it, is it just like being down in the drudges with us? Like as far as uh, drugs and craziness and all that other shit? What do you mean us? You know what I mean? Like there's like a, 
I don't know. I, I kind of like. I he looked at me. He that. looked at me. Do you guys know what I mean? I like, had, no, I had the suits I had and the fucking roughnecks. Okay, well. See, I thought I, it was normal when he said I was a little hell. But I wear, <laughs> yeah, I wear a suit sometimes. Yeah, but you guys know what I mean. Here's here's how I see the world. Okay, I I don't distinguish myself from say you. You know, you, right. you and I we're we're friends. We're, I just mean two different worlds. Well, still, you know, the world I see is people who have trouble in this world. That's the world I see. I'm not at the country club on Wednesdays playing golf with all the guys. And though back in the day, I was on my dirt bike. Um, when I started riding motorcycles with some friends of mine around town, you know, I got a completely different image because nobody hung out with those guys and nobody owned a Harley in those yeah. days. They all do now, and some of them even keep them in their fucking office and shine them, you know, to show yeah. everybody how cool they are. But, but That's what I, I, don't, I, do. <laughs> I don't see the world that way. I see the people that are caught in the system for various reasons, and try my best to guide them through it, hopefully successfully. Sometimes people leave a big trail, sometimes they don't shut the fuck up, you know. Yeah. But those people that I can defend successfully, they're family to me, okay? They're not someone from some other world. And that's, not what I, that's not necessarily what I meant. I mean, like... Um, I know what you meant. You know what I mean? The, I, the, I do. The, the court world or the, the political type of world. Do you know what I mean? I do. And but see, I don't, I don't embrace right, that. Right, right. I don't embrace it that way. I'm a trial lawyer, and I've and I found, for me, the way to help people is to embrace the concept of I have a jury, and there are people like all of us at the table. Yeah. And so if I can relate to them, then I can be successful for my clients. If I'm hanging out with judges and prosecutors and You're not going to relate to any of them. And nobody does. They come in and they don't even know who their clients are half the time. Yeah, and it's all fake. It's oh, all a yeah. set up fucking world. Hearing his his story of like his divorce and stuff with the attorneys, oh, dude. I I quit before I did oh. family law. Oh. I, I would quit. I would. You know. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's some of the most chaotic, manipulative shit. I mean, oh. you must deal with sociopathic narcissists like on the daily in that world, right? Well, let's talk about which ones they are. Yeah. You know, I mean. I, in fact, I just I just got through reading an article a professor a friend of mine wrote about psychopaths and sociopaths in our government. Right. And which is a gover- which is exactly what a, those jobs that's attract. What they, it. Yeah. It's that's like fucking, what they seek. Yes. They seek power. So the people that are out there doing stuff, as a general rule, for example, shooting somebody. I mean, most of the time when somebody shoots somebody, they had a reason for it. Yeah. They didn't go out and just, oh, I'm going to go kill somebody today. He was in my neighborhood. <laughs> and that could be the reason. But usually there's a reason for everything people do. Whereas people who are in power, they have a single-minded purpose, which is to retain power. Fill and the empty do. hole that can't be filled. Ah, Daddy's hugs. Yeah. Johnny Ringo. Mommy's yes. love. Just like that, what, uh, just like Stan Sniff. The Riverside County yes, Sheriff running yes, into our boy. Exactly. He's doing anything that, to retain power. Fucking Jerry's homeboy. Well, see, that's what, that's what we've allowed to exist. That's how, what I see. We have allowed a society to exist where people who are actually psychopaths and sociopaths are in power. Right. And they manipulate our lives with threats. They threaten us with the government, our government. They spend our money to, to hurt us. They spend our money to defeat us in civil rights suits. And they'll spend, it's, they'll it's, spend it's, millions <laughs> and millions and millions of our dollars to stop us from recovering for something they've done wrong. Okay, but then when you go back to the thinking of the suits versus regular people that I brought up that you don't... No, I, I knew what you meant. I think that uh, people don't view those people as that. 
Like, in other words, like when I was in, in when I was in elementary school, I thought my elementary school teacher lived in a lived in his classroom. I didn't know that they had a life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now a lot of my friends are teachers, and you go, holy shit! Like you're a teacher, like you're crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. You know what I mean? I know. No, I think it would, no, I know it, yeah, but it's that it's that thing where like you look at a politician, like why would he lie? He's exactly he's there speaking he's my voice. Much to lose. Basically, well, like, like this is a world, this is the world, but it's the same world, yeah, a different exactly. level. But you see a yeah. lot of you know not, and, and this may not be true. It's my perception, but you see a lot of young Democrats and you see a lot of older Republicans because when they're young, they're like, "No, nah, fuck you, old people. Yeah. We're taking it back, and I want my education paid for." Blah, blah, and then blah, they blah. get a first job, they pay and, taxes, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then they go get a job, or, or they're like, "We're not going to hire you. You don't like." You need to look. You need to, you know, believe in what we believe. And they're like, oh well, I guess that uh, that 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 idea isn't that such right. a bad idea. You know, like I maybe think, I do need to get in line. I think one of the things that um, that I learned young, and it probably caused me problems more than helped me when I was younger, was that everybody is conditioned to think that um, that every like just first off, adults are better than kids. Okay, okay? this is another one. And doctors, like doctors. That. Doctor, and if the doctor tells you something... You have it, to do it. Yes. Um, and if your teacher tells you something, or if this guy says, or politicians, or yes. anyone that works for the government... That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get You're conditioned to tell you that. And my dad always taught me, that's just a fucking man there. And said, basically, fuck you. And that's what ended up happening, like, when I was in school. I never... I respected a teacher trying to teach me something, but when they tried to push their views and all their bullshit, I would always smarter to know that, listen, you're just a fucking teacher. Right. And no disrespect to fucking teachers on here, but... Um, you're teaching you, because not because you can't do anything else, but because you don't like to work every day of the year like everyone else. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, or it doesn't, make, it doesn't mean that you're like. Uh, I, I was. I, I viewed it the same well, way as you did. Listen to this. My fucking ex-wife was a fucking teacher. Okay. She she got a job at a high school teaching fucking geography. She could have named ten fucking states on the right, fucking right. U.S. map. And they get so she maybe knew how to teach things. But she wasn't the all-knowing smart that all the kids thought exactly, she was. Exactly. Right. And so we were taught to think that about everybody. And even like, uh, uh, even like this thing with with law enforcement, we're taught. And there's uh, there's a lot of uh, fucking great cops, probably more good cops than shitty ones. But we all just see the shitty ones, yes. you know, all the time, constantly. Um, but we're uh, just everything that we're taught is you know you have to do what they say. Just do shut the say. fuck up and do what they say. And right. uh, and it's probably better for you because you know. Because you all have egos like Jerry, you know? <laughs> when, <laughs> when, you, when you're going to law school, do, do you know what direction you're going? Like, I'm going to be a defense attorney. I'm going to be a prosecutor. Yeah. I'm going to go this area and stop this. I mean, do you even know? Yeah, I want to be going? a real estate lawyer, lawyer and argue about... Or do you just go with the flow and see where your heart takes you? Yeah, exactly. Well, for me, I knew I wanted to be a criminal defense lawyer. That was a big deal to me because Why? I, I'd read a lot about a guy named Clarence Darrow. Clarence Darrow was a very famous lawyer in the 30s, and he, he came up during the Depression. He, in fact, before the 30s, he met a guy named Eugene Debs who formed the first union. It was the railroads, and he'd been defending the railroads, and then he saw that you know the entire family was working for the railroad, and at the end of the month, they still owed the company store. Oh, and they were paying with the, with the store yeah, credit. I mean, we're talking about children the size of yours having to work all day long. Yeah. Didn't they sing a song about that? About the company store. Oh, oh yes. yes. Wait, what did they, what did they call that money? I can't remember. But this was this, Josh. was this was a man who was great. And he became a really great criminal defense uh, lawyer. So I, I read everything I could about him and I yeah. bought all the books on him. And, and I wanted to be somebody that made a difference when people were being accused. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times when we're accused of stuff, it's, it's real. And a lot of times it's not. And a lot of times it's not what, it, what they're accusing you of. Um, but to me, the bottom line is, back to what you were talking about, Donnie, is it's about people. And it's about how I can reach people who, all of you could be my jurors. 
everyday folks. No, because I just don't mail that shit back. You ain't getting that. <laughs> and some of us don't, but we should. We should all show if up. If I was ever on your jury, I'd wink at you and I'd go, I got you. <laughs> I'll hang this motherfucker up for weeks if I have to. <laughs> you want to see me in there? I'll wink and I'll play all of I live. got I'll, you. I'll shave my fucking beard. I'll look like a real fag. They're coming in there and you, I'll just wink at you and I'll fucking hang this motherfucker up. You just, you just catch me on the backside. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you take me to dinner and make my fucking truck payment. Is that, is that legal? Well, I've had some I've had some interesting people on some juries. Let me tell you that. You pay off my two thousand and two fucking excursion. People. It's a, a two thousand. That's really all that is left in America when it comes to the idea of freedom through the law is the right to have a jury trial. I mean, there's a lot of law still. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, you have the right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures unless some assholes decide to come into your house with a realtor. Like yeah. Eric yeah. Eric told me, but. Um, we, we do have, but that's the ultimate thing. That's the ultimate test because it's an experiment in freedom. It's an experiment where we ask people to engage and believe just for the trial that a person is actually innocent until proven otherwise. And how difficult is that now? Well, it's, you well know, social media probably kills it. I, yeah. Well, no, you know what? I think that most people love that concept. They're, they're open to it. I, I do too, man. When I, watch I don't know. I just heard a Unless story you're a fucking yesterday lesser. from my girlfriend's parents that their friend was on a jury. Everyone but one person thought one way, and it got hung up for so long that everyone said, fuck it, went with that one person's way. Oh, wow. Well, that has happened. I've, I suppose that has happened. I've seen some pretty wild things, Gary. I've seen yeah. a guy get on the stand and say, I just want to go back to prison. I want my third strike, and the fucking jury won't send him. <laughs> You know, it's hey, like not get, wanting to give the criminal his right. They like, probably liked him for being so honest. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. It's got to be hard too. So if you, uh, because I think it's the same thing we're just talking about. If a jury's sitting there, um, and whoever the witness is could be, I'm going to say, a cop. <laughs> but say he lied on his report and he just still keep running it. And uh, not that not that they all not that all cops lie on the reports, but whatever happened that day, maybe they didn't think it was going to go this far. Okay, so he's still prepared to back up whatever happened, but maybe he ad-libbed or maybe he added something to it. But the jury is never going to really want to believe that that cop is lying or that witness is lying. Unless, unless you're Gary, getting cross-examined unless by this motherfucker. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and I, I agree with you. We expect our cops to tell the truth. We honor them. We cherish them. They'll sit down in their uniform and they'll turn and say, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody melts. And well, I melt. I get a little bone right there. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be that way because we should be able to trust them. And there are those who will lie. And I'm not saying it's all of them because it's not. You know, most cops are out there and they're doing a good job. And a lot of it, sometimes it's not even malicious, right? Is well, it a lot of times just trying to make, make it from A to C without having to do B? Or, or what, what is your, in your experience? Well, for me, there are no degrees of honesty. Right. It's you either, either true or, it, or it's, it's not. not. And if a guy fudges, which I've had him do, and I catch him in it, I don't tell him, so you're a liar. You know, I don't do that because... You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, what a great scene that was. Huh? Yeah. But, but there are those who are hardcore liars, and they've been doing it their entire career, and so I have a lot of fun with them. Yeah. Um, I take time. I prepare. I know who they are. I know what they're saying. What? I, know, I know what's true I love and what your, isn't. I love your process. So you go up to Oregon. I do. And you write... Everything related to your case a couple times, right? Yes. And then you rehearse. You do the whole trial by yourself. Yes. 
I, I have a home there that my parents yeah, left me. You know. It's right across the street from the ocean. And if anybody saw me, they'd know I right, was Right, he's drinking peyote tea. You really should make right. some fucking it's, videos with I that. Want you got an, he's got an ayahuasca <laughs> fucking shaman. He's got a shaman up. with him. Right. <laughs> my father's presence is there. I believe that. I really do. But I, I go through all the witnesses. I cross-examine them. I do my arguments. I, I, uh, Are you doing every possible... Because you know what they're going to say based on their depositions, right? Well, not depositions. We don't have those in court. Or not depositions. But their reports and or any prior testimony if they... So say yeah. you're coming up on a question and you're in your rehearsal, right? It's just right. you in a living room by yourself up in Oregon. Yeah. Are you doing every possible question, answer that they do? No, that's not how I do that. I... I I prepare a feeling that I have toward that witness. Um, for example, I'm doing this murder trial, and this woman testified that, you know, my client basically just went up behind the guy and shot him in the head. She didn't see that. But what nobody knew except me nom, nom, nom. was that her husband was in the room when she was being interviewed, and the guy that did the shooting had been in bed with her at his house just prior to the shooting. So she's being interviewed by cops with her husband present. Oh, and, and they, so she's not going to admit it. They knew what had happened. They knew he, she'd been with him. And so she's telling a completely different story. She's isolating herself from my guy. Yeah. So when I get her on the witness stand, we just did this beautiful dance. I fell in love with her. She was just beautiful. Come on now. Okay, so while you're being interviewed, the police are sitting there, and your husband's how far away? About five feet. Kind of made you uncomfortable talking about the truth, yeah. But the truth was, and then I, because I'm, I'm doing cross-examination, I can lead her. Right. I can give her her answers. And you know what she said to me? Just tell me what you want me to say, and I'll say it. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa no, that's oh, not the way it works. That's wow. how you drop yeah. the panties, huh? <laughs> gotcha, bitch. I said, that's not the way it works. I just want you to tell me the truth. And she said, well, then just ask. And I said, you were in bed with him? Yes. And you heard the noise, yes. Uh, what's the jury doing at this point? Well, they're, I'm talking to them. Yeah. You know, and she's, I, the judge let me do my thing, and I'm up against the wall. The witness stand is over here, so she has to turn to look at me, and the jury is over here, and we're all looking at her, and the questions are going back and forth. Now, is that just like a, is that like dancing with the muse at that point? It was like dancing with one of the most beautiful people on earth. Because sometimes when you're doing love. a painting. How big were her titties? <laughs> she was wearing kind of loose clothing. Yeah. Okay, now, how big would you picture them to be? <laughs> Believe me, brother, I was trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, one thing I just want to add is, uh, one time I was talking to a friend of mine that's a deputy like a few years ago, and we were drinking beers, and I said, uh, man, because he's always like, what's your thing with cops? Do you, what's your thing? I just had a lot of bad experience with cops, right? And, uh, but since, it, since being on this show yeah. and all the friends of the show, it's changed me a lot as far as my thinking goes. But, he, but this guy even changed me back then. He said, I said, what keeps um, all the lies? Everyone trusts cops all the way. What keeps it from lying? And he says, listen, there's only so many judges that are here. And if you start getting caught, if you get caught up one or two times, he said, it's going to go around. They're all going to know. And he said, everyone's going to know that you're a fucking liar. Every judge is going to know. Everyone in the whole system is going to know you're a fucking liar. And then your credibility has gone. And then you can't. Um, can't work. You can't work no more, really. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. Not all judges care if people lie, but most do. And in San Bernardino County, we've actually got the best judges anywhere. And I mean that. I, I practice here. I practice Riverside. I'll go to Orange County on occasion, L.A. on occasion. How, bru uh, how brutal is Riverside? Brutal. Very yeah. brutal. Riverside. You don't want to commit a crime there. No, really? no they torch everybody. Is no, it their, their district attorney, right? Dude, my, uh... No, they, you know, the district attorney over there is a guy named Mike Hester, and I supported him in his bid. They had is that two, recent? Yes. He's the, in, what he's, about the previous guy? The, well, the guy before him was a, 
a little rich boy judge who uh, was horrible, and the guy before him was even more horrible. And they had the system so clogged up and so backed up that the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of California had to send what they called a strike team of 24 judges to Riverside to try cases. And everybody in Riverside was pissed off. I won every trial I did. Some of them, there was no reason for it, you know? Yeah. Except the jury was pissed I off. I saw an interview with that guy, and he was convicting people on nothing. Oh, he was And he goes, oh, I'll dig up an old case, and hey, we'll throw it in front of a jury. You never know. And you're like, "Yeah." I mean, I, can't, I don't even remember the details of the case that I watched, but it was just like, dude... Yeah. yeah, he was he was trying to make a name for himself. You know, know what I mean? Uh, yeah. uh, a, yeah. a very close family member of mine um, married um, a girl whose whose dad is uh, high up in the district attorney in Riverside. I mean, I don't know any other details. All I know that, and I just gonna always want to keep that one right in the back pocket just in case. Well, that right. that office is coming around now. Mike Hestern has given people discretion. And the last three cases I've worked on, the DAs have been real agreeable. They've understood. We've had arguments. Even, I even got to go in one guy's office. You know? I yeah. Mean, that was never before. You didn't, you didn't get invited in. You know, you were the outsider. And anybody really finding cases over there was a pariah. You know, they, you were nobody. They wanted to keep you out of their neighborhood because they had total control over the system. Have you, have you heard of Dave Phillips? Yeah, I, I knew Dave. Yeah, he retired a couple That's years ago. That's my attorney. Yeah? Well, he's retired now, but... Good man. He's a family attorney. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Well, he was, he was a criminal law attorney. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I knew Dave forever. Yeah. yeah. I always liked him. He, he, was, he cut his hair and beard once a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, they do look like a clown, wore baggy clothes. Wore we shoes. show up to... Well, people would show up to court, <laughs> and they would just look at him like, who the hell is this guy? And even when I first met him, it was my dad's friend, and I will just put my head down like, we're fucked. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he would go in there and he just boom, 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 boom. Let's go home. He knew it's his like, way what? around. He was an, he was a total nonconformist. He wasn't gonna let anybody tell him what to nope. do. Nope. Yeah. yeah. He was one of the rare ones. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I fucking love yeah, that. Yeah. You you have a great story about. That was my dad's best friend, man. Um, talking about objection. Leading the witness. How, <laughs> how people will find a way to convict themselves. Oh God. What what is that? Well, stem- I just gave all of you the card tonight. Okay? Yeah. That's yes. kind of a joke. I had a rubber stamp made. Rule number one. My rule number one is don't talk to the cops. But oh, I thought this you know, you're my it's, attorney it's, now. No it, says, <laughs> no, it, no, it says on the back, rule number one, STFU. That means shut the fuck up. That's yeah, what, that's what it means. What's rule number two, Eric? It says uh, don't break rule number one. <laughs> right. I put that in my wallet, by the way. Yeah, yeah man. That's, it's, it's in my wallet. In I mind. took yeah. all the info on my phone. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many people convict themselves. Okay, now what... what um, oh, God, I'm losing the... What's the percentage of people... Not the percentage. Uh, that's what I, I got Sigmund that Sigmund Freud or whatever that is. What oh. was it? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's called a Freudian slip where, you know, someone says something that is the real truth and, and they can't help themselves. But Freud had a theory also that when somebody was guilty, yes, that, one. that they had to be punished, that there was this thing uh, inside called the conscience that compelled them to do stuff to get themselves punished. That's why Jerry acts the way he acts. <laughs> that's why people talk. Yeah. But there's another reason, too. You know, there's, there's a psychological problem with people sitting down and talking to cops because, A, cops are smart. Mm-hmm. B, yeah. uh, no, they are, and they're, and they're well-trained. Well, the one talking to you are his. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. Jerry, not Jerry when he, he hooked you up and brought you in. And it's never, <laughs> a few it's never just one. That. They always have two, and they know how to play it because that's what they've done. Experienced cops can get just about anybody to talk. And even even innocent talk people. Them, yeah, and the, and the people that talk, they're not being heard. By, you know, if they're saying, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, the guy's going, he's denying it too much, man. He fucking did it. 
You know, that's how they're geared. So you don't talk to them. But more importantly, you don't talk to them because they're good at what they do. Yeah. And if you did do something, shut the fuck up. Yes. Because they are going to use that. And most of the time, I've got a statement from somebody that's really bad. Yeah. You know, the, the murder case I was discussing where the guy shot the guy. He gave him a three-hour interview. Oh, fuck. Where he denied everything. And, but they used everything he, he did say against him. And then he started saying, well, yeah, but... And then pretty soon he told the whole story. You know, I was telling you, Gary, I was telling you a story um, uh, about my brother. Um, and uh, he was dealing with the fishing game in Arizona after I was dealing with them. And they didn't, get, they didn't convict me of nothing, but they were mad that they couldn't get me because I didn't do a fucking thing. So they started fucking with my brother. And uh, he, I'm always, you know, shut the fuck up. And I'm telling him, shut the fuck up. But my brother is super fucking smart, and he's a salesman, and he thinks that he was going to sell him on this. And uh, I don't think my brother would have any problems with me talking about it, but um, when, he, the, the, when the fishing game warden was calling him from Arizona, um, they were asking him just que- all these questions. And so he was trying to just tell them and convince them to leave him a fucking loan. And all they did, um, instead of proving what they were accusing him of and what they charged him with, Instead of proving that, all they did was prove, oh, well, you lied about this little thing, and you lied about this little thing, you lied about this, you lied about this, but nothing about the actual no crime. Right. Um, but that is, uh, I was listening to another attorney saying that just that enough is enough to con- that give someone convicted well, to yeah. a, with a jury. Because you're a liar. And, and you sit there in front of a jury, and you try and clean up what you've already told, and the DA goes, yeah, but didn't you say this? Yeah, but that wasn't true, was it? Well, yeah, but she, you know. And then, then right trying, away. And it could, be this, it could be something stupid, too. I heard a, and it could be simple stuff. That's why you don't talk to them ever, ladies and gentlemen. Please, you know, rule make, number one: make, make my life easier. Well, know? and I and this is a and uh, I, I think I was watching an attorney on YouTube speaking to a law class about shutting the fuck up. Yeah. And basically, the story he was telling was this: he said, uh, 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 "Somebody gets somebody gets murdered, and um, they they're they're looking at like the boyfriend or the best friend or whatever, and uh, they go to him and he says, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it.'" And then he starts telling him, he wants to convince him somebody didn't do it. He starts saying things like, well, I, don't even, I didn't even see them. And I don't even, never even shot a gun before and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. So they dig through the dude's fucking Facebook and they found him shooting a gun on Facebook. There you go. And they ended up convicting the guy of murder off of just that little shit. No because real evidence that he did any of the murder. Because he lied. And then, so they present funny. a case that makes it look like he did something. And he gets up there and testifies, which is an iffy thing with a lot of people anyway. I mean... I spend a lot of time with my clients if they're going to testify. Would you let me up there? Um, well, if we spend enough time together. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, Gary. Yeah. Shut the no, fuck Gary. up. Yeah, Gary, yeah. shut the fuck up. No, I mean, no, I mean, no, here's the thing. I think I can make the that? jury fall in love with me because look how good I look. Dude, every time I'm at home. proven. Gaze, it, gaze into I, my I just, eyes. I just changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, Dude, Gary, I, rule number one, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Dude, I'm sitting on the couch watching another 48, and that's all I say. Yeah. Shut the fuck oh, yeah, up. First, yeah, the first 48. Jesus. They wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for those guys talking. Every single episode. I do have clients that have to testify. Um, an example, um, good friend of mine, he, I met him as a, as a client, shot and killed three people one night up in Phelan. Okay? He had to testify. He had to tell the story about what happened because we got three dead people and a lying eyewitness. Now, she fortunately, during the course of my cross-examination of her, told the truth. Admitted she'd been lying all along and that they did go over there to fuck him up and so forth. And, you know, if anybody knows feeling, there's like... Oh, it was the OK Corral. Yeah. <laughs> there's one paved road, and his wasn't it. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking and, Wild West. Yeah, and so... Was that another Dancing with the Muse moment? Because you caught her up, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, uh, she gave it up. It took three days, but she did give it up. And did, so you had it on the stand for three days? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, in fact, 
You, you, you played the long game, huh? Well, I had to, you know. I mean, I, I, I took her through her little trip, and we'd interviewed her. I'd had my investigator go talk to her. I knew she was a tweaker. So I told him, man, go talk to her. Get her going. She'll tell you everything. And she did. Did you? Did your investigator offer any fucking drugs? Uh, <laughs> or you well, can't say. I don't. Well, no, he wouldn't have done that. He, he was a, he was a stand-up guy. He did a really good job. So, I've got her on the witness stand, and I'm taking her through her whole lie. And then I said, well, you know, what about when you spoke with Mr. Barnes, my investigator? And the DA tensed up. The whole courtroom went, huh? What's going on? And she said, well, yeah, but I talked to him, but he, he was putting the words in my mouth. And so then I got to play the video of her interview and take her through the oh, truth. God. And this is a triple, an alleged triple homicide. He shot and killed three people. Three. All hard shots, too, by the way. Very good good excellent marksman. Good shooting. Or they stood still. First one was five <laughs> inches away. He was right there when he shot him. Oh, that's, the guy yeah. had him by the back of the hair. They came up at nighttime, and, and they snuck up on him. And I got to admit that the one guy that got shot first blindsided him because the other one attacked him from the dark. These were really huge people, too. I mean, really we big people. We got to think, how is the guy even going to court? Three people come to your fucking house in the middle of the night. You're going to get the you, media, dude. Hey, you, you, come, re, you can read about it. Hey, if you come to my house in the middle of the fucking night like that, and I come outside, and I got three dudes on me, you're going to get smoked. Eric, I almost shot a guy the other day for bringing me a fucking cake. Yeah. He did. <laughs> right? Hey, good thing you put Gary's card in your fucking wallet. <laughs> Please do. I'm going <laughs> to need that. You know, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, oh, well, um... That's the kind of thing that I love to do, is be in trial and, and defending somebody. We had every cop in the courthouse on our side. They were meeting every morning discussing how the case was going because they all wanted to be able to do what Dennis did that night. You know, he was well, everyone, everyone Dennis was to, the client. Everybody wants to be able to do that. Yeah, but exactly. the whole media had already convicted the guy. Oh, yeah. They, so uh, the public perception of the trial was that this triple fucking murderer was, was about to get locked away. Yeah. And then tell them about the dream the guy had. Well, you His know, client. he had lots of dreams, but talking about the blue? Yes. So when I got to know him, he was really down. He'd been in jail for like 14 months. His lawyer had come and seen him one time. Was it a death penalty case? Well, it could have been, but they didn't go death because you get a lot of money from the courts if it's a death case. So they just went with, you know, three counts of murder, which would be 150 years to life for three life sentences. To so life. For, for 150 just, years to life. You'd have for just to protecting yourself. die twice and do 85% of 150 years before you'd be eligible for parole, so it doesn't really work out too well. Mm. He was down. He was hurt. He, he'd had spinal fusion. He was in pain all the time. They weren't giving him any medication. So we went through this long process of working and pulling him out so he could tell the story. And one day he came upstairs, and he was happy. And I'm hey, man. Yeah. And he said, I had a dream. It has something to do with the color blue. I don't know what it is, but it's good. And I said, okay. Came back the next week, because I visited him every week. And he said, it's a blue shirt. I said, what about it? He said, I'm wearing a blue shirt when I walk out of the courthouse with you. Really? So we solved that problem. He wore a blue shirt every day of trial. And what happened? <laughs> he walked out of the courthouse with me. That's fucking <laughs> <awesome. laughs> That was a big case for up there. Well, it was. That was a was. huge case. You, you can read about it online. It, it was I get, dude, I got chills right now. Yeah. I think that's how fucking great that is. But, you I, know, I got a book coming out about it. How does a how does a guy who's been in there for a year and a half in the public defender season once how does he end up with you? Who who ponies yeah, up the, who ponies another, up the dough? Okay, first here's, of all, here's another crazy. It wasn't story. a public defender. It was a guy who advertised himself through a Larry uh, H. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, two point one million, <laughs> something like that. And he he told his parents, my client's parents, that he was the king of self defense work. And so they'd done a preliminary hearing, which he did within like three weeks of Dennis being arrested. 
And, uh, the, Which is what, far too soon for a murder case like this? Way too soon, way too soon. The guy hadn't even read the, most of the file, and he didn't even They did the prelim in three weeks yeah. on a triple well, murder. I take it back, the third appearance. Triple defense. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't put on a defense because he didn't know anything about the case. So he saw me in court, and he told me he had this self-defense case. And I said, you know, okay, who are you? You know, and he told me, and he said, I'd like you to try it with me. And I said, send me the file. Well, I got like 100 pages, and it was the the autopsy protocol for two of them and some stuff about an interview with this eyewitness and it was really disjointed and, and but I got interested and so I told him I'm interested well I didn't know the family wanted to get rid of him and so I said well I'm going to go visit this guy and I went and visited him first time and he said to me it was it was interesting he'd been looking for me he was he friends. didn't know yeah he, did, yeah he didn't know who I was but one of his good friends, who'd been a client of mine, who was part of a particular motorcycle club, had been his next door neighbor. Let's what, talk about wait, that. Wait, what, col- what color? What colors for the club? Red and white. <laughs> <laughs> the ones you, the ones you don't fuck with. Well, yep. I, I would never advise that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and so he said, "Did you know Joe?" And I said, "Joe Angel." And he said, "Yeah." And I huh. said, "Yeah, he's my friend. He was." Joe so, had died two years before. It's a funny name. Yeah. And, uh, I thought it would be a yo mama joke. Yo mama? <laughs> Do you know Joe? <laughs> Joe, uh, checks, Joe checks in the mail, <laughs> Mr. Joe Attorney. And I'll tell you what, Joe was a very serious man. And he taught Dennis how to use tools and work on motorcycles and cars. And so Dennis started crying. And he said, So I'm this guy's on, in jail for alleged triple homicide. And he's looking for this lawyer that his friend had. He's with this other lawyer that doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And, he and then Gary it. walks in, and Gary's the guy they that he like, was trying to fucking find. The dude. whole time. All oh, coincidence. Dude. I mean, he broke down crying. It made me cry. You know, and, and so we went from there, and then his parents hired me, and we fired that other guy somewhere down the road because he just didn't know what he was doing. Now, I, don't know, I don't know if I can ask, or if you could say, but sure. dude, what does a defense like that cost somebody? hundred grand. Well, 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 well fucking worth it, though. Dude, 100 grand for, for your life? For that? Yeah. Wow. But I mean, a lot of people, I mean, how does someone get their hands on 100 grand? Can we make payments? House. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, $5 a month. Hey, do you take right. checks? <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I will. Yeah. You know, if it's a cashier's check. <laughs> All right. How many times do I have to jizz in a cup to make $100,000? Hey, I know this. With you? Day. Probably three times. <laughs> hey, Jesus. I don't want to know about that. Hey, I, I know this. Every time that I go see my attorney, I have to bring cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, a dude, and it's always in an envelope, and it's, it's thousands of fucking dollars. Like, yeah. Is this going to put the fucking retainer back in? Is, this, is there enough in there again? Right. He checks. He didn't even count it. He, he just, just waves it. He goes, Eric, come on. You did a lot worse than this. Put some more money yeah. in there. We're going we're gonna to fucking pay your bills by weight. I said, so I text him. I say, fuck you. Gary doesn't weigh it. Uh, <laughs> Actually, a million dollars is about 34 pounds. No shit. Hundred dollar bills. Now how do you know that? <laughs> Somebody told allegedly. Me. Hey, allegedly. I would have my attorney drop off <laughs> Right. Okay. Um, back to the convict yourself thing. Can you tell the the story about the gangster shotgun, hair trigger? Oh, jo- jewelry. oh Jesus! Easy. Uh, jewelry in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. Check this one. This kid, he was gonna walk. He was on his way out of that courtroom. There was one witness to the killing. He allegedly shot a guy in the face with a sawed-off 16 gauge. And, in fact, the guy did get shot in the face, but the question was, where did the gun come from? So I took the prosecution's case and took all their witnesses through the possible story of what happened because dead guy had my client's jewelry in his pocket, and my guy had a couple lumps, and his story was, the guy robbed me, 
He put the gun to my face. We started struggling with it close. It was Kaboosh. And boom. It oh, off. yeah, that looks and good. And had a hair trigger. And uh, the prosecution witnesses couldn't say otherwise because there was only one witness, and I'd already caught her in a ton of lies. And the other witness is dead. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's and, the best part of the whole thing. dead guy was a member of a certain uh, gang, and he'd been convicted of woman beating, drug dealing, the gun jury dealing, hated him. and so forth. He, they had no sympathy for him. And my guy I bet was, he was an altar boy. a nice looking kid who Captain all he had to do team. was sit there and shut the fuck <laughs> up. But would right. he? No, I got to tell my story. Okay, oh. so, so the, the trial's done, right? If they stop, it goes to the jury, he walks. He would have walked. They Gary's told me telling so. him. They told me so. It's time. He said, No, I want to tell my story. Now, the worst part was the prosecution rested without calling his mother who told the cops, well, he told me he did it. Yeah. So the, the DA forgot to call her, and I'm telling him, too. If, if they continue, yeah. they're going to call mom. Mom's going to convict you. Yeah. And you know what he said? Well, she'll just tell him a different story. I said, no, she won't. So we're having this argument in the back hallway behind the courtroom. Yeah, you tell him, just shut the fuck <laughs> up. I'm doing this, right? Have I'm you seen my him, card? <laughs> I'm even calling him a dumb Did you pull your card out of your pocket? You know, I'm calling him names. You dumb motherfuckers. And the bailiff comes out and says, oh, Gary, we can all hear you in here. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Say, say sorry, he's gone. being a dumb motherfucker. The bailiff goes, oh, continue. <laughs> the jury was gone, but then when we finally did come back in, we made a record of it that I advised him not to testify, and he had a right to do it. So when he got 50 years to life, <sighs> um, he wasn't real happy about it, but uh, he got up there and he told the dumbest fucking story. Dude, and the jury told me, Mr. Smith, we thought you were a really good lawyer until you put him on the witness stand. Dude, this is what I don't get, dude. Like, uh, um, if I want to get a tattoo, I don't go buy a fucking tattoo gun. I fucking call Donnie. Yeah. Right? If you need a fucking civil engineer, you call me. Yes. If I need a fucking a BMX bike, <laughs> I call... <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, you to, if you need to get beat up by a tweaker. Right? Call Jerry. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying is... Dude, um, I'm the guy for that. Is, uh, dude, if, I, if, I, if, you know, if you need somebody in construction for underground work, you call fucking Mike if you need help. You call fucking people you know for shit. Exactly. Dude, I don't, here's, here's my thing. I'm semi-fucking intelligent. I know what I know because that's what I do my whole life. And I've always, like, uh, that's, I mean, I'll, read, I'll only read books. I'll read a book, but it's only going to be about shit I really want to know. Yeah. Survey and engineering, and things like that. Um, <laughs> but I do, uh, why do people not just fucking, how dumb are you to You'll say? You'll pay somebody $100,000 because you th- trust them. And then you exactly. don't take their fucking advice. It just, ah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult to see somebody do that. But it's back to that Freudian thing. Um, maybe this kid felt so guilty he felt he needed to be punished. How many other people has that dude shot that he needed to he needed to go serve? He sent him Christmas cards. Says sucker. <laughs> maybe maybe he was looking for yeah. Jesus, and did, you can only find him in fucking prison. Did you give him the famous? <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> well, a lot of guys seem to in, while they're in jail. The Bible goes away the minute they get out. But yeah, every know. time some dude fucking pelvis. Grinds into your fucking butt cheeks. You think of Jesus. Oh my God. Can we spitball a few questions real quick? Sure. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, can I get Wait, I got I got to say one thing, though. Yeah. Everyone always teases me about bringing a notebook in and being prepared. So I stopped doing it. Look at Donnie over there. And I'm dude. looking over Donnie. He's got 50 questions, <laughs> did all this research, and no one says nothing. 37 fucking pages. Oh, Jesus. Can I go first? I just, Mike, I, yeah, go ahead. I got two, but I'll go through my first one. And I think we're all we're talking about it. What is the percentage of people that end up getting convicted because they didn't shut the fuck up? Uh, it's a pretty high percentage when they don't shut the fuck Over up. Over 50? Um, not in my experience, not with my clients, but usually when someone has not shut the fuck up and given themselves up, it ends up being resolved in some way. And as a general rule, I'm not interested in that kind of work. 
Right. I, I'm, I'm a trial lawyer, and I want to be able to take cases to trial. I'm not a plea bargain king. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because so many people put themselves in the position now, where you, a plea bargain is all is available. When you said you're not a plea bargain, does that mean you're not a pussy? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> the only way you could have made that better, Gary, is if you took these two fingers and went, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, knew, I knew I was going to like you. Oh, uh, just basically like, Okay, defense attorney, prosecutor. Is there like a little thing unknown, like you guys don't like each other, you guys don't click? Uh, you know, for me, that's not true. There are those that I do not like, mm-hmm. and they know that because I the don't respect them. The guys that have them. pictures of the convicted people that they've convicted on their fucking wall. Oh, yeah, there's one really? Guy like, oh, yeah, there's yeah, a guy like him. that. Um, and on and, and occasion, see, I, I treat everybody with the utmost respect. And when I'm going to try a case with someone, I expect that they know what they're doing to be a trial lawyer because we're doing serious stuff that involves life sentences. And so I show them, I reach out to them first mm-hmm. because they don't know, you know, what they're doing half the time. They're scared too. We're all worried about what we're doing and we want to do it right. Yeah. So I give them respect and I start from there. If they don't give it back, they get like two strikes. You know, it's baseball rules, three strikes, you're out. Um, and that's a rare day. Mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of problems with prosecutors as a general rule. They're, there are a few that are twisted inside and it's all about them and... I'd rather uh, not. I'd rather not deal with them. If I don't what, are, what are those guys' names? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, one is ass. The other one's whole. <laughs> the one's mother. Now, do you only do, do you only do murder cases? Not just no, but, but most everything I do has a life sentence attached to it, or possibility of it. Fuck. That's and how do you shit. handle the? I'm not calling you for my DUI. <laughs> <laughs> don't do them. No, hundred grand for a DUI? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll do one. <laughs> well, they, they cost that much anyways. Yeah, no, <laughs> How do, you deal with that? How do you deal with that pressure, though, when someone's life, I mean, someone's life is literally in your well, hands? Okay, I, I do my job. Yeah. I go prepared. I become part of, the case becomes part of me. That's, it becomes part of my life so that I know what I'm doing when I'm in the courtroom. I'm not anxious. I'm thrilled to be there. I feel fully engaged. I, I'm prepared. There isn't anything I don't know. And usually I know more than everybody else. And so as long as I know more than everybody else, my client stands the best chance. Right. Okay, so you were, you were an attorney d- through the cowboy days of the 90s, 80s, representing a very popular, famous, dangerous motorcycle club. Well-known group. Yeah, Where, What well. do you mean by representing? Were you their go-to guy regionally if shit got bad, or did you take, like, the entire California part? Or did, would, they, would they put you on a fucking plane and go, hey, man, we got to do... I know why he knows how much a million dollars weighs. <laughs> <laughs> do we got a guy in trouble in Texas... No, I, no, you couldn't do that. Cause I, you, you, I could practice in another state, but I don't. I'd have to have another lawyer bring me in, and they call yeah. it Pro Hoc Vice, and which simply means they'll stand for me. While that's I, not raw fish, right? No, it could be. It, <laughs> okay. it could be that's, that that's number three <laughs> on the no, sampler you know, platter. When I started representing the club, I, I did everything for the Purdue Charter. You know, there were... They were, Purdue was still Mother Charter, and it is, but... The first uh, one, right? Well, it is, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a Northside Charter yet, which there is now. Um, there was San Fernando, there was Oakland, there were other charters, and I got to know a lot of people and got to be friends with guys from all over the place. And I occasionally got put on an airplane to go somewhere, but generally speaking, I stayed locally, and there was enough trouble going on. I mean, yeah, no so, shit. since yeah. I represented the club, they, their clubhouse had been searched probably 20 times. And in the full old on age, raids? Oh, yeah, full on, man. I mean, they... they then they hit everybody's house at the same do time. Have, too. Do you have anything to do with maybe an eviction notice that was served in like '96? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah. 
But <laughs> I, I served unless, a, unless, I served a, I served some paperwork on the clubhouse. Not for you. Yeah. Uh, club owns that house. They've owned that since. Medical mm-hmm. center and whatever. Yeah. No, I knocked on the door. I served some paper to somebody. Well, there. it was an eviction notice. It could have served somebody there, but they've owned that property forever. They bought it from the flood, yep. the flood family, who was pretty well known in Purdue, and and uh, one of the one of the floods was a member, um, and then the other floods were all Masons, friends of mine. Now, I see that tattoo on your arm. Is that a Mason symbol? It is. Know? It is. Did you hey? So I mean. You've seen that uh, that movie with Nicolas Cage, National Treasure? Yes, I have. Is yeah. that some t- you do that secret kind of shit? Well, I, I, you know, <laughs> they shouldn't even been talking about it that way. No. <laughs> no. Hey. No. Yeah. I just, by the way, I just met a tattoo artist named John, owns Grand Lodge. Yeah, yeah. John Montgomery. And Montgomery. Cool guy. I yeah, just very met good him dude. I said, Grand Lodge, does it have anything to do with that? And I pulled it up and I said, you know Donnie Leverett? And he said, yeah. 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 How about that? That's cool, Small man. Small world. So 90s, during the cowboy times... What kind of payments were you getting then? Well, um, a lot of cash. Yeah. And actually, you know, it's weird because you say the 90s. The 80s, 80s was the big 90s. time. Well, the 80s was the big time. And one of the guys told me, you want to get involved in this thing, right? You know, involve big money. And I told him, no. And he said, it's going to be last chance. He said, DEA is taking over the speed market. And I said, what? What? And he said, year, maybe two, and the DEA is going to be running speed out of Mexico. The DEA, right? No, the DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I heard you right. And it was Holy true. shit. They did. They took over the speed market. They dropped $10,000 a pound down to three. It was shit, but drug addicts don't care no. when they're paying $30 for a gram versus See, people 100. would hear that story and say, oh, bullshit. Oh, it's, no, the government wouldn't do that. It's fucking true today. Yeah. You know? I mean, does anybody doubt anything about where all that heroin's coming from? Exactly. Gary, let me tell you this. And I was getting there's, a, there's a war on drugs. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. Like, there's oh, a, the, only the war, a the war, the street <laughs> user. Not a, oh, not a oh, good. guy. Listen, I got a kilo of cocaine in my truck. Don't get it. <laughs> you know how many? You know how many politicians you can buy with all that cash? Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. yeah, dude. You all buy, of them. If I was a politician, you could buy the fuck out of me. <laughs> well, now, now <laughs> don't even give me the cash. You just give me the fucking brown bags full of dope. Now our Supreme Court says that the big corporations can buy politicians. Yep. Citizens United case said. Corporations are persons for the purposes of the First Amendment, which they never had been, and therefore you may donate to political campaigns in any amount you choose to. Like when they just passed that. You're talking big about tax like Bayer, bill. big drug companies, Monsanto, like all that kind of big shit, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they own them all. They ought to have to wear little stickers like the race drivers. You they're know? Yeah. they're allowed to donate just like people. Huge yeah. amount. Well, huge amounts. Yes. You know, after they passed that big tax bill, the Koch brothers gave that guy Paul Ryan five hundred thousand dollars because he pushed it through for him, and they made billions. You know, right. So what, what kind of payments were you getting? Like what, duffel bags full of cash? Well, I middle of the night? I, I did not turn down a single duffel bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't say no. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I had my fees. I, was just, I treated everybody equally, and, and I, I preferred cash because it was good, and, and that's what was going on in those days was it was all cash. Yeah. You know, since then, most people do everything with a credit card. I don't do credit cards, but most people have their lives in debt with credit cards and if they need a lawyer they go in and they make you know five five thousand dollar payments or whatever they do i don't i don't do credit cards if people really want to hire me i don't want them to do that anyway yeah either you can afford me or you cannot i have a really low volume practice i don't have that many clients and i don't want i couldn't i couldn't do a good job anyway now that me and you are best friends right Okay, what's our what's our what's our what's our friend and family discount? How many instead of ten double bags? Can no, I get let's, away with five? let's let's say Eric commits a murder. Okay, what kind of discount does he get? Ninety five. Is it is it double? Uh, <laughs> is it double? 
Listen, man. He says he's pissed a lot of people off. If you sh- if you shut the fuck up, I'll work with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it's more Chrissy's gonna need him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Gary, that's my girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> She's crazy bitch. Hey, well, now that I know you, I'd have a conflict. I couldn't remember. <laughs> oh yeah. man. man, you know what I think? Uh, so um, I would, I, uh, you know, like uh, people are always scared of, like, say, like uh, certain groups, like that you worked with. And uh, I know some people that are similar to that, and also really nice fucking people, but they're just getting into some problems. But I, when I'm just meeting you and knowing you, it sounds fucking cool, but it's a great client, uh, but it's probably just not like anyone else, except that uh, they're like reoccurring clients. It's like, it's like uh, when I get a good uh, a contractor that I work with, and he does a lot of work, and he's coming back. Well, sure. It's yeah. kind of like that. You're like, oh, well, fuck, this money's good. Let, yeah. Let me share something with you about those gentlemen I mentioned. I've represented them for 34 years, and no one... And the Purdue Charter has ever been convicted of a felony. Ever. Really? In, 30, Damn. in 34 years. Okay? No one. Maybe some little misdemeanor shit here and there, but no one ever. And there have been a lot of prosecutions. You know what? Did they shut the fuck up? Oh, oh those fuck. You, you don't even have to ask that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> they have rules, you know? They have rules, and they live by them. I don't need to tell them to shut the fuck up. Yeah, but I've met... I've, I've, uh, I'm going to have to introduce them to I've met, I've met a few of those fucking guys. <laughs> And no, they do. They they do, they don't answer a fucking question, and they're not disrespectful about it. They're not they're not angry about it. They're and what really fucking angers the other half of it is, it seems so disrespectful, right. you know, because you got a guy that you know wants to brag about what's going on. You're like, all right, I know you did this, and they go, uh, I want to talk to my attorney, and you go, no, 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 you need I, to talk to me. And I need to ask you some questions. Okay, go ahead. And you go, uh, why is your driver's license expired? And they go, ask my attorney. (laughs) (laughs) I love that dance. And you go, no, 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 no. He's not going to know about this because you're supposed to take care of it. And he goes, "Uh, well, you can ask him when he gets here. (laughs) And you're like, no, man. (laughs) You need to talk. Okay, cool. To my attorney. uh, (laughs) When I first moved back to Colorado... I was, uh, I was coyote, coyote hunting, and I was using a predator call, electronic call, makes a bunch of noise, sounds like dying rabbit. And across the, this wash, about 100 yards away, was Game Warden. He heard my sound, he's got his binoculars up, and he's looking for me, right? Um, and seeing where I was. And every time, and I would, as soon as I saw him looking, I turned it off with a remote. Then he'd get back in his truck, and as soon as he'd get ready to get back in his truck, I'd turn it back on again. <laughs> Fuck him, right? So he had an idea where I was coming from, and I said, oh, my hunt's ruined because he's coming over here. He wants to, you know, to check your hunt licenses and yeah. all that type of stuff. So, but, uh, dude, when a game warden comes around, and some of them are really nice guys, but they're coming, they have a certain agenda. Um, rights don't meet, they don't worry about that because everyone is scared of game warden. People have this thing in their head, they think that a game warden can do more than cops can do. Like, they can, you know, and they have certain extra fucking powers, yeah. like they're superheroes. That's bullshit. So he comes around, I'm already putting my stuff in my truck, lock my camper shell. Camper show, by the way. Yeah. Lock that fucker. And, uh, and I wasn't doing anything wrong. 100% legal. But he, but he was coming, not to really physically fight me, but he was coming for a fight. And he says, hunt license. I have to do it, right? Hunting license. Then he wants my driver's license. I said, no. And then he said, well, you're trespassing. I said, it's not posted. And then he said, well, if you don't have your driver's license, how did you drive here? And I said, did you see me drive here? We're doing this game. Yeah. He wanted to search the truck. I kept saying, no, 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 no. Finally, I said, listen, man, I'm tired of this. Either write me a ticket or... Or take me or do something. I'm not doing it anymore. But I'm not gonna. But I'm not talking. It's over. And uh, he says, "Come on, man. Let's." He starts going. Why won't you let me in the truck? Why won't you let me look? And I said, "Hey, no disrespect to you, but I don't answer questions. No more. It's done." 
And dude, but he felt so fucking disrespected. He says, "Is this how it's gonna be every time I run into you?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. No, hey, go home, dude. Go home and live your life, man. I wish you the best. But when we're out here together, don't try to fuck with me. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything illegal. Yeah, but I mean, that's just uh, everyone's gotta learn how to shut the fuck up." Yeah. Hey, hey, Gary it's says, it. "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> See this card? Read it. Read it. Yeah. <laughs> what about? Um, has a client ever tried to seduce you? That big titty broad you had on the stand. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I think we've gone over this story. <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> hey, Gary, are you married? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is she, is she going to listen you'd to mentioned, this? You'd mentioned... I don't know, but... If, you'd mentioned her... If, if, it her had, if it had happened, she would know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd mentioned her earlier, like, from the from the 70s. Is this the same uh, same bride? No. Oh, okay. I I mean, mean, well, yeah. I met her in 1972. She's this cute little blonde-haired girl. That's when I was born. You know, and... How, how long you've have you been, been married? It took about three minutes. Well, we kind of known each other. You only lasted three minutes. Years. I thought you had this long game. <laughs> <laughs> only took three minutes to Fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> Not right. to make love. <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime I've known her, I've known her since then, since 72. And then that's, that's, that's been it. Yeah, pretty much. I won't say anymore. Man, I just, I just got to think, man, two good-looking studs like me and you, we, it's hard to keep us in the, in the stable, you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Well, it is. You know, it is. She must be pulling out all the stops. <laughs> you know, it, it's a burden. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that's so funny, uh, dude. So where, where do you think, um, like, with... People being the pitchfork movement, you know what I mean? Like, people, uh, you, you were talking about, like, everyone deserves a fair trial, everyone deserves yeah. all that stuff, but yeah. nowadays you're not seeing that, right? Well, uh, an no, ex-girlfriend... I, I, would, I would disagree. Really? We, we have people who are stirred up in our country, but when you get into a courtroom, and if you're... And I get to go first. That's the nice part about jury selection. Or they call it wadir, voir dire. Um, I get to go first. That's the only time the defense goes first. So I get to start with that jury, with that group of people. Sometimes it's up to 18 of them. And some judges get a little testy about the amount of time. But most of our judges understand that if you're doing a good job, they're not going to interfere. So I've got anywhere from 12 to 18 people sitting there. And I begin with, let's talk about the presumption of innocence. Because to me, that's everything. If I can't get them to agree with me that my client is innocent, not just not guilty, but innocent as they sit there, then I, I, I can't work with them. And I tell them that. It's okay. We don't believe that. None of us believe this shit. I don't say it that way. Yeah. But most people don't really believe in people's goodness or innocence. They believe they're guilty. They came in there, they saw him sitting there and go, well, what did he do? Yeah, exactly. So I'm working against that by saying, look, I'll show you mine. I'll show you mine. I feel the same way most of the time. I do this for a living, and I want people to understand that this is this is the sacred thing that we do that keeps us free. America. Um, that's right, brother. It is America, and it's what America is all about, is that moment in time where we have all those people sitting there, and they need to embrace the concept that this man or woman is innocent until they're proven guilty. And the DA has to do the whole job. I don't have to do shit. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to present anything. They have to prove it. They yes. have to prove it. And as the person sits there right then and there, they are innocent. And I make people vote. And if they won't raise their hand, I say, okay, tell me why you didn't raise. Well, I want to hear the evidence first. How many feel that way? A lot of people say, I want to hear the evidence first. But you understand the concept is there is no evidence. So as he sits here right now, how could he be anything but innocent? Right. And most people start going with it. They understand. They start understanding. So you're actually kind of um, adjusting their mind and uh, yeah. not in a bad way, but just in a way to where they can start to understand the whole concept. Exactly. So you're kind of dealing with a blank slate. Yeah, you're, exactly. 
you're having to reprogram them back into what they would so want you're probably or can, need. So you probably we all have to get into it together. All of us have to embrace that concept as a group right then and there and realize that if we don't do that, this person will not have a fair trial. So probably and what if it was you? Yeah, dude, that's so the, when you're, that's the big. So because so you, you need to deal with people that are that have some a little bit of intelligence with them, right? Well, and you know, most of I'm us. I'm setting you up for a good joke here. Yeah. I, I knew, I knew, <laughs> most of us do get that. There are some hard cases that are mad or, or just want to be contrary. And one guy even started speaking like he was one of those talk show guys that I don't like that says shit about people all the time. And finally, when I told him, I said, You don't like me or you don't like being here? I don't like any of it. So the judge excused him. And when he left, I said to the jury, How would you like to have him? your jury yeah right and they all went no okay well let's talk about that and then it was a really good you know that's a good way to do it i like that yeah it it was beautiful i'm gonna get back to the joke that you fucked me on (laughs) Um, but basically i was gonna say you gotta be smart to be on a jury and i was gonna say that's why you just you you know make all the women get off and i was was, was kicking women right in their cons with it but anyway he's been practicing for weeks yeah i I thought i was setting that thing up it was gonna be fucking brilliant (laughs) i had two 18 year old women Big tits. Lead a jury to a not guilty verdict in a triple homicide case. They led the jury to it? Yeah. Big they, tits, though. They are. both had said they were devout Christians and that they believed in a person's right to defend their lives and they believed in the presumption of innocence and they believed that God gave us this process, which I believe also. I believe it's something sacred that is the product of divine inspiration. Yeah. And they led the jury. I mean, we wow. had a guy come in closing argument. I knew he was going to be the foreman, and he was wearing an NRA T-shirt. I felt pretty good about him. Holy but shit! But those two young women in a self-defense case. In a self-defense case. Oh wow! So he, uh, he, he was, was making, making a statement. statement. Oh, he sure was. And he was a cool guy. That's awesome. But those two young women, uh, you know, we we need to get over to the gender shit. And I know you're just yeah. joking. I'm but, just playing. I know. I know. Shit. You know, women have led juries for me in domestic violence cases before, where. You know, there's four men and eight women, and the men are all voting guilty because this pretty little thing's claiming this guy just beat the but shit out of her. But women know women are and crazy. they all said, don't you see what she's doing? Yeah, yeah. And 20 minutes later, they're going, oh, sorry. They are pretty good at that shit, oh, at, yeah. at oh, recognizing yeah. crazy yeah. and other shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And plus, women are women, and they don't fucking understand women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with now that you, one, brother. I think, you think they're it, way you know, ahead of us. You know what Jerry said? Jerry said, hey, when I get that slip in the mail, I just, I just fucking throw it away. I don't send it back. I do the same thing. Okay, and I think a lot of I honestly think a lot of people that I know, hardworking guys, that you got a fucking job to do. We don't have time to go deal with that bullshit, and that's what we think. I know, and it might not be the best way to think. No. So now, what does that mean? What's happening? What? Who's the people on these juries? Well, because yeah. you're not, you're not, you it's know what I'm saying. It's a big problem. It's a really big problem. The last case I did in Barstow, they closed it down for trials. We had 75 people brought in, and only 25 of them had cars, and the other half of them didn't have any real solid life. Mm-hmm. So we got down to about 12 people, and there were still we hadn't even exercised any peremptory challenges against them. Yeah. So we had to bring in another jury pool, and then another because Barstow's in a bad way anyway. But but Beautiful the city. point of that is, a lot of people just didn't show. And so we got to get off our asses. We have a duty. Every time I go, man, they never pick me though. Ever. Uh, they're never going to pick me either. You know? oh, I mean, but no, no, no. Look no, at guys like us, though. You don't want to yeah. pick me. Yeah. We, we need to go. We need to... I go. I just never... I get dismissed first time every yeah, I didn't even, single uh, time. I thought I didn't right even in the trash. About, I, I didn't even think about the value of going, actually. Yeah, until I know. right now. And now I'm thinking, fuck, man. Maybe, maybe next fucked, time... We, yeah, what if you because fuck maybe, somebody? Because here's the thing. I'm thinking this. Maybe I can, maybe I can save some poor sap. Yeah. 
Or maybe I could put a motherfucker away. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm more going for like saving Making, the dude. I'm yeah. pretty sure you're going to keep throwing it in the trash. Though. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm saying it's just for the show. <laughs> Whatever the outcome is, the system works if we all participate and participate according to the rules, which that number one rule is you must presume the defendant to be innocent and make the prosecution do their job. And there's some really talented prosecutors out there, and they know how to do their job. And if your client didn't shut the fuck up, or they left a lot of evidence behind, they might get might get convicted. Yeah. But if they stayed cool and their lawyer is doing their job, it's supposed to happen that way. And whatever that jury finally does decide will be because they were led to do the right thing. And they came and they participated. And they listened and they put their hearts into it. And they cared. Yeah. Because we have to care about each other. That is the crazy thing. When you think like the most famous cases and people go, oh, that fucker got off like OJ, right? Obviously, he was guilty, right, based on blood evidence. But Seems I just, like a we don't, no, he was innocent. I don't know what the fuck you're no, talking about. The glove about. didn't fit. He, he was run quit. through a fucking trial of his peers, Donnie. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when you, wa I watched a special on it, and I, I wasn't, was, have I was younger, so I wasn't really paying attention to the details of the case. Mark Furman got up there and pled the fifth on mm -hmm. very important questions. I was like, damn, I wouldn't have convicted him. They asked Furman, did you plant the glove at OJ's house? He didn't say no. Mm -hmm. He said, I plead the fifth. Right. Did you plant blood evidence at OJ's house? I plead the fifth. Yeah. Done. In the case. Yeah. Like, if, if you're talking about... Now, why do you think he did that? Because he was protecting himself from prosecution, right? He, was, he, didn't, he didn't want to perjure himself? But, yeah, but if you look... No, because he just they, were, no? they were coming at him with some racial shit, so he just... He basically... It was his fuck you to the LA... That's what it was. He, he was like, oh, you, want, you guys want to turn this whole fucking case around on me to the department? Yeah. Fuck you. And went up there and pled the fifth. And I never know that he knew that he Gary's the fifth his to, to those <laughs> questions. And if you're if you're on the jury on that trial, and he the fucking lead investigator pleads the fifth on planting the blood and the glove, it's over. It's, it's over. done. It's Casey over. Anthony, same thing, right? Casey yeah. Anthony, oh that bitch got off. She murdered. Wasn't that kid. a hot chick? Yeah. And they and they go, how did the baby die? Uh, we don't know. They don't know how the kid died. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the the lawyer brilliantly comes out with a story that. They were, they were waiting for her to say, I don't know how she died. Fucking first day opening statements, she drowned in the pool, and I panicked and threw her in the woods. That's it. So the whole fucking prosecution case is like... It's over. Fuck, what do we do? Mm -hmm. We were going we to make it out like she was a liar. Well, now it explains all of her lies. Right. I panicked. Mm -hmm. And then people go, oh, she got away with it. And you're like, not if you really watch it. Like, Damn. if you're watching it with that presumption of innocence, and the lead investigator pleads the fifth on planning evidence, that's, that's a wrap. It. That's it. What are you going to do? That's it. You know, uh, here's my question. How important is it for most people to have a lawyer? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that get fucked, can't afford a lawyer. Like, yeah. If you're in a shit situation, like... Well, everybody's entitled to a lawyer to have one appointed. And we've got two kinds of lawyers. Well, not kinds, but two different departments. One's the public defender and one is the conflicts panel, which takes people who have a conflict with the public defender's office for some reason, whether they've represented their partner, their friend, their yeah. girlfriend in the past. And so they get appointed. I would never recommend a person try and deal with the system on their own. It's not designed for that. Improper. Including public. Improper. Just don't do it because... I just went to fight a ticket and they wouldn't even let me talk. It was ridiculous. Well, right? It's because you're not an attorney. You're not in When you say take that. on the system yeah. alone, is that with a public defender? Or is it no, no, by no, yourself? No. When you have a public defender or a conflict are lawyer, they good? you have a lawyer. Some but, are. Uh, so some, you can find the right good. one. Well, you don't get to pick them. When you can't afford a lawyer, you don't get to choose which one they're going now, to Now, how could they you. possibly defend you with... I mean, their workloads must be insane, right? Oh, it's terrible. That's part of the problem is 
we have far too many people being prosecuted and being represented by a group that has not enough lawyers to go around. Right. I've, I've seen more public defenders walk in and go, look, man, I don't know what you did. I don't know, what, I don't know oh anything. And they presume they're fucking guilty. Look, man, uh, was it your shit? No. Here's the deal. I can get you 30 days right now, put you in fucking Pat Morris's drug court for a year. We'll patty cake that shit for two fucking years, but I can I can get you out. If you sign this fucking... Uh, right. It's the waiver. Yeah, the tall waiver. Tall waiver. You sign this fucking tall waiver, I can add you out of jail today and on probation for three fucking years. That's the deal. And take it or leave it. So then if you that? don't, if you don't take this fucking deal, you're looking at being in for maybe another year. Uh, it's a possession case. It's a this case. It's a whatever. Uh, you could probably get credit for fucking time served, 364. I'll have you out in a year. Sign this. Be out today on probation. Do take Plead guilty. You're not going home for a fucking year. So then how, what does that say for the poor community? Well, poor people... You're fucked. It's a fact, okay? Here's some facts people should know that everybody in the criminal justice system knows to be true. Black men go to prison ten times more frequently than white men. Hispanic men go seven times more frequently than white men. It's a known for the same charges, for the exact same charges. It's been a known fact So it's not forever. because they are committing more crime? They're committing the same crimes. Oh, so it's based on the same exact... You and I, you know, I'm, I'm a black man, and, and you're a white man. And yeah. I'm charged with credit card theft, and I've got a prior, and you've got a prior, and you're charged with the same thing. You're likely to get probation, I'm likely to go to prison. Okay? Oh, so, that's, so when you hear those stats, I always thought it was, well, they're, they're probably committing more of the crime. Well, that's the way people would like to see it, but that's not really statistically true. Really? Well, first of now, all... Now, is that based now, on income or prejudice or both? Well, I'd say it's racism, pure and simple. Really? Well, our society is. So you think on that, that uh, you think all races are committing the same amount of crime equally? No, he's saying the numbers that he's talking about. But like, no, not necessarily that. I, I, I'm the not numbers that. that he's using, like another well, words, same white guys doing the same. No, I, I understand the. Uh, I understand that if there was a oh, a white guy, a Mexican guy, and a black guy in a courtroom all together for whatever reason for the same crime. I heard that joke. Oh, I know. I know the white guy's walking out. Yeah. I mean, that just. Uh, that's that's the, you know when people say white privilege, I believe it. I mean, you see, yeah. It. I mean, I'll tell you, Gary. I hired an attorney because I stole a fucking yacht, and guess what happened? Nothing. Yeah. You know, uh, he's called. <laughs> I, I stole a yacht. Guess what happened? Illegal Nothing. boarding. The charge I got was illegal boarding. Cost me three. I hired an attorney with that. My me and my brother did it together. We were really drunk. We stole champagne. We got on the boat. We fucking took it. Okay? <laughs> Statue of limitations is up. I already did. Okay, no, I was going to ask that. There's yeah. no double jeopardy, dude. Yeah. So, so our attorney shows up that my brother knew from college, and he goes, uh, what the fuck? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. He said, no one's ever been charged with this. It was illegal boarding and tampering with the vessel were the two charges, right? So no one's been charged down there. We don't know. Um, we go in. We don't um, have a whole lot of priors. But did we're you not know whose yacht it was? No, fuck no. We got on it. Well, I'll tell you one thing, dude. Black guys don't like water, so they're not stealing the right. boat. Dude. You don't have to worry so about that. That was shit. Mike. So, Comedian Mike made yeah. the black guy just so, like water so joke. Yeah, so we were drunk on this thing, and we got caught on it. Like The, the Harbor Patrol pulled up to us because we didn't oh have my. our running lights on. I remember on. this story, we're, but we're it sounds much, so much worse oh, we now with a lawyer present. And so... Uh, <laughs> And we did Shut it. the fuck no. up, Eric. Oh, no, we don't. No. Here's the thing. We did shut the fuck up because we were so drunk they couldn't understand a word we were saying. <laughs> They're going to be picking them up. And so, so, so here's the deal. They towed the boat back, put it back in the fucking slip. We left with citations. 
Cool. Okay. Cool. We wake up in the morning. Grand we we, we didn't even remember what happened until we both pull them out of our pockets. Oh, shit. Right? That's so funny. we end up going to court, and uh, it just so happened to be that the, uh, the DA lady there went to fucking law school with our fucking our attorney. They were friends. They probably fucked a bunch of times. I don't know. Yeah. And, dude, <laughs> so he goes over there, talking to her. She pulls out her fucking file. She's reading the report of this thing, and uh, she's, she's smirking. And she takes us into the back, and she goes, you guys, you guys are too old for this shit. Because <laughs> all she's thinking is like, oh, college kids fucking having fun again. But we're like, I'm like fucking 26 or 27. Yeah, but if you think about a couple black kids, oh, they would gone. be looked at totally different. Oh, this different. is what I'm saying. Just yeah. like, probably so, shot him. So, yeah. <laughs> so her mindset went from, okay, I went to law school with this guy, right? And then this is his, this is his fraternity brother and his brother. So all they're thinking is college kids, white privilege. Okay? And she says, you guys are too old for this shit. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And we're like, we were drunk. We're sorry. Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> you know? And she, Don't got to get all crazy. Yeah. So, you know, so, she's, so she says, hey, we'll, give you, we'll take one charge away. We'll give you the, the illegal boarding or tamper the vessel, whatever one it was. And it's a $350 fine. And we're like, yeah, cool. Let's get out of here. 350 bucks. Uh, out, dude. Out of here. Out of 5000 That's crazy. I got a question. A public defender... Is that like the minor leagues, or do there some people that just want to be a public defender? Some people want to be a public defender. You know, one of the greatest public defenders in America is a guy named Jeff Adachi, who is the only elected public defender in California. And he is in the city and county of San Francisco, which hold the same geographical boundaries. And he has his entire team pumped, ready to go. They, I've met, I meet groups of them every year at the Jerry Spence trial or his college seminars because he wants them to be the best lawyers they can possibly be. Yeah. And he gives them the training and he makes them work as a team and they want to fight and they want to fight everything. Man. So that's a, a passion project then, it right? Because there's passion. no money, right? Well, you know... I mean, they're making a decent living, but right. it's not... You know what? A one-bedroom apartment costs in San Francisco? They're not making Gary money, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They're, they're paying like three grand a piece just to get a one-bedroom apartment. I bet you they don't know what a fucking million dollars weighs. <laughs> 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 Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I bet they know what a fucking bag full of McNuggets weighs. You gotta feed your seven fucking kids. Yeah. Your wife won't leave the fucking house. Case of ramen is important. Case of ramen. You got a fifty piece. Yeah. But we we have a lot of good public defenders here too. Yeah. A lot of people who really care. Uh, one How? of the guys that I've become friends with, I see him at the jail all the time. Now, these people have too many clients to go do jail visits to. Yeah. But he's doing it because he gives a damn. Yeah. And it's rough. And it's, it's going to burn him out. Who's the, uh, who's the guy that used to be a public defender in Morongo in the late 90s? And now, last I heard, he was a judge up in uh, Barstow. His first name's Steve. Tonto? Steve. Oh, oh, I know. Steve Redfeather. <laughs> well, actually, Steve was a public defender. Steve kicking dog. Death cases. I'm trying to remember Eric's his last fire. name right now. He, He's, he's a good man. He's a really good man. He, he, he ended his career as a public defender doing death penalty cases. Yeah, uh, local boy. He's from Redlands. He is a local boy, and I, I don't know why I'm stalling out on his name right now, but I'm friends with him. I like him and respect I think it's him. the age, Gary. It's, what age? Could be. No, I said AIDS. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, no, but he was... Uh, AIDS? <laughs> when, I, when I was dealing with him out, out in the late 90s, his thing was, look, man... I'm just trying to make sure my fucking clients didn't get fucked. I'm just trying to make sure their civil rights weren't fucking violated out in the field and whatever. And I'm just, that was his passion project was he was, he wasn't trying to, he goes, I'm not trying to get anybody out of jail and break any fucking necks and, and do the thing. He goes, I'm just making sure that people are getting fucking treated right. 
than he did in, you know, in, doing in a death field. case. God damn, what was his last name? I don't know why I'm not remembering. Kicking Dog. Yeah. Kicking Dog. See, <laughs> I don't think see, that was Kicking Dog. No, uh, and he's a good man. He's still on the bench. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, What's he, going on? What's going on? Real quiet all the stuff getting thrown around. Hey, got broken. Yeah. I'm getting all these fucking messages. Who just who's taxing me right now? Who's this about? phone number? Because I'm getting fucking zapped. The troll. What's that number? It's the troll. It says, I don't know. Let me see. I just got hit. Miss call. Work phone. Having a thing. Mike. Mike. Huh? From an unknown number on my fucking phone. This is no bullshit. This is Mike? No, no bullshit. This is coming through on my fucking phone mm-hmm. right now. 603. Is this you, man? Huh. Call it. Let's call it. Oh, well. No. So you, you have two books. What We're going to have to have you come back to talk about no, all your I got, books. I got We're a, running out of time. I got a whole bunch of God questions for you. I know, man. So we'll have to have you come back on love a... Too. When, I would love to. You, got, you have two books for sale right now. I do. Uh, the Last Midnight, that was your first book that you put out. It is. It's available on Amazon.com. Yes. If you buy that book, go buy that book for Gary. If you're NGC family, uh, check that book out and leave him a, a good uh, review on Amazon. Hey, Gary, are you, cool. signing, are you signing copies? Sure, gladly. And then you just put out a book of poetry on Monday. It came out Monday called oh, Long Night of the Soul. Long Night of now the Soul. Is, now, let me ask you, off air earlier when, I, when you talked about this book, you gave me a guarantee that you said I could tell all the listeners that guarantee was this. If you're laying in bed with a girl and she's not putting out, you start reading these poems, she's sucking that dick, right? 100% guaranteed. 100% guaranteed, you told me. You don't, he doesn't have to say anything. Yeah, he don't have to say it. Don't say anything, Gary. Do, hey. do they have to be... <laughs> Do they have we to have be read from off. the book, or do they have to be? <laughs> no, no, no. Do they have to be memorized? No, you can be. Hey, you you got to put it nicer, though, so no. for the for the publisher. Oh, fellatio. F- no, fellatio. They're gonna fellatio. Fel- the they're, they're gonna. They'll give the you a old, mouth hug. Do, do, <laughs> hey, do any of them start with roses or red? Give yeah. me, give me the old fellatio. Hey, here's the. So you're down to the dirty bird in Redlands, and you see this fat hog at two hey. a, two a.m. You start reading at page three or two, or right. it's happening. Oh, she's thumbprinting your butthole. <laughs> she's tonsil deep and thumbprinting butthole, that bitch. Gary, we got to have you come back on, dude. Uh, we ran Gary, out of time. Gary, that Gary's on Facebook. Good. Yeah, Gary Smith on Facebook. Gary Winkle Smith with an E, not an I. Winkle, W-E-N-K-L-E. Get his card out, you fucking idiot. If you need to get a hold of him, info at Gary Winkle Smith, number four, thedefense.com. Nah, Mention uh, NGC, get a 10% off 100000 <laughs> <laughs> This motherfucker's throwing discounts now. This is they, not a discount attorney, motherfucker. Yeah. What, where can they find you? My email is my full name at msn.com. Gary Winklesmith at msn.com. That is it. Are you on Instagram? Um, I don't go on there much. I don't, yeah. You know, I, so Facebook is where Facebook, you do most yeah, of your you business. Know, I have three Facebook. One's the author page, one's the lawyer page, and one's the... The shut the page. fuck up page. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gary, Gary only has four words right. for everybody. And that's shut the my, fuck yeah. up. Welcome to my Facebook what, page. It's called Shut the Fuck what's Up. Your, Nothing's what's your on Instagram? it. Your Instagram? I have one, but I don't. Do don't that. remember the handle. Yeah. Oh, well, oh I just. Well, I, I didn't know people didn't use their real name, so it's Gary Winkle Smith. Perfect. Yeah. At, at hey. Gary Winkle Smith. Hit him. And how many deputies do we have listening to say, this motherfucker <laughs> wrecked all of our cases? <laughs> Okay, uh, we got we got an announcement too, right? Oh hell yeah, something are big. Let, are we gonna let GM do it? I don't know. GM. No, let GM do it. <laughs> yeah, he's slaying. GM, his, get yeah. over here. GM just closed our uh, contract. What do we got going on October 27th? Coming live October 27th. NGC Halloween costume party at Mill Creek 
in Mentone. Costume contest, right? Costume contest. It's, we're gonna do. Prizes. We're gonna do a live show. There's gonna be big cash prizes for um, for your costumes. We're gonna have Ben Steezy out in the crowd on mic. We're gonna be doing our our biggest show that we've the ever Gabe done. Gay Bastard's gonna be there. Gay Bastard's gonna be there, dressed like Ric Flair. Hey, and no costume, no entry, motherfuckers. Yeah, you gotta bring. This it. is you a party. Bring costume. Come dressed or don't come. Yeah. At or, NGC Podcast. Or, or don't show up. <laughs> hey, hey, you Orange County guys out there, be there. Come on, exactly. Yeah, for being gay. And, and yeah, and none of this going to the goddamn fucking back aisle of Walmart and getting a fucking stormtrooper half mask. Yes. We want real shit. Real costume. Nothing fucking vinyl. There goes there goes my outfit. <laughs> right. I don't want any fucking vacuum suck face Barbie masks and hey, shit. Me and CM are gonna be at the troopers' costume. We're gonna be the horse. <laughs> I'll be the ass. <laughs> And I'm going right. to be holding on to you all night. Right. Over. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that'll be a big live show. There's going to be a band. We're going to basically run up in that bitch and take it over and do our thing. And hopefully it goes good. Right? Right. And, and for everybody that is scared to come from Orange County, you're coming to the tone. Oh, yeah. fuck. We're, That's right. And we know the mayor. The mayor will be in attendance. Yeah. Right. You're protected. Steezy will be there with his security team. Hey, 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 all yours county guys, just go on Airbnb and there's a trailer for you to fucking rent somewhere around there. <laughs> at NGC Podcast on Instagram. At Eric underscore Welsh underscore DIY. At Comedian underscore Mike. At Tattoo Donnie. At Lark underscore Inc. Uh, listener of the week is Jaegerman, Al Longway, Katrina, R. Bryant, Raymond Henderson, Land Benham, Laura Costello, Erickson Dejas, Mario, Gay Bassador, Jackie, Jason Loman, and Michelle Wisman. We're going to be back next week with the Gay Bassador. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> it's hey, going to go down. We, we slid into each other's DMs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, you just you just ran us right into the ground, bro. Yeah. Start well, that, that song over. That I like that fast. one. <laughs> Boy, that went ugly fast. I, I think you got the any guy, shout outs, Jerry? I think the guy texting me right now is actually my brother. Oh. I, I typed in new phone, who is this? Uh. And he's like, your brother. And I go, need picture to confirm. Hey, hey, you, <laughs> you just said new shout outs and he stood up. No shout outs for nobody for free, remember? Uh, no, I'm talking shout outs for friends or anything. Oh, hey, wait, no, I do have one. Okay, so Redbeard Targets wants to go fucking elk hunting with me. Right? Oh. Buy some fucking targets from you cheap motherfuckers. Right, you this need guy needs a money. plane hey, ticket. So I just heard that JD just locked up a deal Giddy, good. For, for the department with him. Hell yeah. Oh, Fuck no yeah. shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Good. Redbeard good. Targets, if you get your targets from anywhere else, you are a... Baggage. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know where we were going. Where no. were we going? I don't know. That was good. That was you good. got any shout outs, Mike? Uh, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. No Gary, problem. you have any shout outs? Jim says I need to get paid before Thanks I saw people. So. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for coming on, Gary. We've been looking Thanks, forward Gary. to it. And One last shout out. Yeah. Jim from Red Beard Targets. If, he's, if you're not going to get a target from him, he is modeling puppies. If you have a puppy, he'll take pictures with your puppy with his red beard. Check it out. What does that mean? What? What the? Oh, yeah, that's no, right. I don't I've seen means. those modeling pictures. They're nice. I'm, yeah. about, to go, I'm yes. about to go get me a yes. dog and run it over there. Dude. Yeah, he's laying in bed yeah. with his puppy. Looking what? sexy as hell. Sexy right? as Red hell I got a picture of him laying on a granite countertop with a cowboy hat covering his dick. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to go up on NGC. Got it. All right. Stand. We'll be back next week. Thanks again, Gary. And we are out. Patrolling and trying to kiss me right and dirty. 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 My music's so loud. I'm swinging. They hoping that they gon' kiss me right and dirty. Trying to 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 kiss me right and dirty. I've been drinking and smoking, holy.